You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? We kicked its ass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Film Feast podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, and since it is the holiday season, it's almost Christmas. What better time to talk about that classic Christmas movie, Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone? Uh, tell me, talk about it. I am joined by a man who's been a guest on this show many times. He's a regular contributor to F this movie. It's Anthony King. Anthony, how you doing? Hello, Matt. Great to be back. Super excited to talk about uh, Marion Cobretti. <laughs> a man fills us all with the Christmas spirit, <laughs> joy <laughs> of the season. Um, yes, I'm very excited to have you back on uh, and talking about this movie that uh, pretty sure I'm not going to, you know, bury the lead. I think we both enjoy it. So yep, I'm just going to yep. say that up front True. and yeah. kicking around. I think I, it was you helped with this because I said, do you have like alternative kind of out of the box Christmas movies? And you threw a bunch and Cobra was in there and I was like, Cobra. Yes, that's the movie. Absolutely. <laughs> so, cause I didn't want to do, I thought about like home alone or Christmas vacation. Love those movies, but right. it's very, you know, in line with Christmas. I was like, let's do yeah. that a little different. Yeah. Cobra technically <laughs> a Christmas movie. <laughs> so uh, yes. yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, But yeah, so uh, are you do you feel like you're in the Christmas spirit this December so far? How's it been? <laughs> you know what? Uh, not as much as I normally am. We're all decorated. We got the you know, we have decked the halls and and all that junk. Um, and normally. I really get into the Christmas spirit, but for some reason, uh, not so much this year. And, you know, I'm so much in my life has changed. So it, it might be because I don't have. Uh, as much time as I used to where I'd watch, you know, all the Christmas movies I'd watch every single year. Um, and, and, and like we haven't had any snow and that kind of mm. it's hard to get into the Christmas spirit when normally you have snow. But this year we don't. Um, and yeah, you know, like I, just so much has changed, like I said, in my life that it's I'm still sort of adjusting to everything else but um our christmas break starts uh on the 17th no not 17th today's the 17th uh, <laughs> like the 20 the 21st okay, i think that when it starts and, around here i think yeah yeah and we have 17 days off wow oh so, uh i'm super <laughs> pumped about that um you know so i'm more excited about a christmas break than the actual holiday i think this year yeah, that's a, would you get like the week of like after New Year's off too? Yeah, yeah. So wow. it, it wow. just so happens we get the Friday because Christmas falls on a Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we're off that Friday and then we have that weekend. So the Friday, Saturday, Sunday is like that extra three days. We always get two full weeks. And so we get the two full weeks plus these three extra days. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm not complaining. I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah. You're I, doing better than they do around my area. They only get like a week and a couple days. They get oh, like, yeah. I think the kids here, I don't have kids in school, but I think they, uh, get off like the Thursday or Friday, right before Christmas on the Monday. Then they're off and new year's on a Monday too. So they go back like immediately after new year's, like January 2nd, they're right. back. So it's like a week and a couple extra days on each end. But, uh, yeah, you guys are doing it right. That's yeah. That's we're like, a, like because uh, uh, I, I work at, at our high school and mm-hmm. we were telling our, our employees that, okay, we don't come back until January 8th and everybody like jaws dropped wide eyed. And it's like, I know it's weird sounding, but January 8th is our return date. So very jealous. Right. I am take I did take off of my job because I just do not want to work that week between Christmas and new year's is like a vortex where nobody should have to do anything. Like no right. one should have to move. Yes. Or do anything they want. Like it's like a yes. weird dead week. And I never want to be doing anything. I never want to go to work on it if I can. So I had time. I was like, I'm not doing it. Um, especially this year, Christmas on a Monday. And uh I usually have Mondays and Fridays I can work remote and we're in there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I would have had to go right back into the office on that Tuesday. And I was like, Oh, no, no, no. Not that's a bitter pill to swallow the after yeah, Christmas. Right. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take my little Christmas break and be happy with it. But that's yeah. uh yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not too much in the Christmas spirit either. And I was hoping, I thought you might say you were, because I feel like you're a big Christmas guy. Your family loves Christmas, but I don't know. It gets, it gets tougher the older you get. I feel like I, for me, it's like the, it sounds so sad. The magic is not as there quite as, you know, I, I would think kids would help a bit at some point, but uh, it's just tough. It's like, it comes up so fast too. It's like time moves yeah. so much faster. Uh, I'm trying, but I barely watch any Christmas movies it's just <laughs> i'm doing my best yeah you know i'm looking at my my letterboxed here and uh, all but uh one are are christmas movies basically or christmas related like cobra <laughs> um but yeah it's um i you know i don't know it's just something about uh i, I don't know what it is but uh, yeah i'm not in that holly jolly spirit i mean i'm holly and jolly but just not in you know (laughs) yeah uh, the the yuletide way yes well the past couple years has been like a like me desperately trying to get into the christmas spirit like the last week or two and i'm like let me watch every movie and listen to all the songs and try to do activities uh just you know do what i can but uh, maybe talk about cobra we'll bring it up (laughs) i yeah I, i i hope this puts everybody in the christmas spirit justice will be served which makes me happy so uh before we do that though i do want to ask myself you've seen lately so uh, uh yeah i so we were in new york for uh for a week last week or two weeks ago and um so you know we we watched muppet christmas carol we watched elf um and which was you know which was kind of cool uh being in new york and watching elf Here's the funny thing. While we were there, they were showing Elf at the Empire State Building. Where at the Empire State Building? I don't know. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to go see uh, tickets to see Elf. Just the movie, not like dinner or drinks or just the movie at the Empire State Building were $150 a piece. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> to watch a movie that plays 45 times on uh, TBS. Like, yeah, no I know shit. it's the Empire State Building, but $150 a person is. $150 a For no extras, just the movie. Right. Yeah, exactly. Bananas. Yes. That's insane. Yeah. So I, I thought that was insane. Um, but, uh, okay, so um, oh, I guess I'm going to talk about one. I guess I, I have watched a couple non-Christmas movies. This first one is a non-Christmas movie. It's uh, it's one of Radiance Films' uh, latest releases. It's called um, Elegant Beast or The Graceful Brute. It's a Japanese movie from 1962. 1962. And uh, not a Christmas movie at all. Here's why I thought it's... A, Radiance has released like mainly sort of like genre ish movies, you know, some Westerns, a lot of crime movies, uh, things that involve some sort of, uh, you know, delve into horror or, or action or something. Uh, this one, Elegant Beast, is basically a straight drama. Um, and it and it's a one location, like almost a one room drama that takes place in this little apartment building. Um, and it's this uh, kind of older middle-aged couple who have two grown children. They all live together, uh, but they're living um, sort of extravagantly uh, still in this little apartment, but you know, they have like fancy paintings on the wall and they eat really good food and, and have nice furniture and all this stuff. Uh, well, it turns out like they are basically swindling people out of money. Their kids basically are swindling, you know, lovers or bosses or or business partners or whatever out of money. And then mom and dad go and spend it on all this dumb shit. <laughs> and what I found to be fascinating is that uh, I was getting so many vibes uh like parasite vibes bong joon oh, okay. parasite mm -hmm. where uh parasite is a movie i love and it's you know it's uh i i felt like the social commentary part of parasite uh part of parasite the entire movie is is a comment on you know society and everything <laughs> mm -hmm. but um uh felt heavy handed at times uh, where, you know, he was sort of like hitting us over the nose uh, saying like, pay attention. This is what's going on in, in life. And like, <laughs> look, the rich are bad. And, and look, uh, the poor people are bad sometimes too, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, uh, but the difference between parasite, which has a movie full of characters that you typically sort of, like and or love not you don't love every character in parasite but most of the characters in parasite i found to be very likable elegant beast on the other hand uh and there's only so three six there's like nine or ten people in elegant beast all of them complete trash assholes just worthless terrible people and um that that might be it's not really a selling point it's a selling point for me because I love watching terrible people do terrible things, <laughs> but it's very interesting in that it it's these terrible people 
doing terrible things, but we never leave this tiny Japanese apartment, this high-rise apartment. Um, so it, it's it's really fascinating. Once again, um, proving that Fran Simeone at, at uh, Radiance is just doing the Lord's work and putting out, you know, movies nobody's heard of mm-hmm. uh, that tend to be at least interesting and more often than not pretty darn great and elegant beast is is leaning towards the pretty darn great side of things so have you picked up any radiance titles yet matt uh i did a while ago the ones that i have tremor top of my head big time gambling boss which i think was the first one yep uh i think it (laughs) the one i think it has vengeance in the title Maybe or it's a Japanese movie that okay. had, oh I can picture the cover. Hang on, I'm on Amazon looking up Radiance Films uh titles. Uh oh, I bought one that's a Hong Kong movie that I think I heard is kind of like a heroic bloodshed, like a moment of romance. Yeah, okay. I have okay. I haven't watched it yet. Yakuza Graveyard. It wasn't anything about vengeance. Yakuza oh, Graveyard. Yakuza Graveyard, yeah. I thought I had vengeance. And I just ordered funny enough tonight. I just ordered one because I was like browsing on Amazon as I usually do. <laughs> and they have like save 20% on a, a set that I really want. This Franco Nero yeah. Nero 3 set, Cosa Nostra. Yeah. Because um, the movie that I really want to see, like, I think it's called like How to Kill a Judge How or. How to Kill a Judge, yep. And uh, it's funny because our buddy Keith Rich. Is like super into radiance, and he's. I think he said, told me he's bought every single radiance release so far. Like okay, he's dedicated, like, he's like, I'm gonna keep collecting these. Um, wish I had more funds to put toward radiance, sure. but like, I feel like everything they put out is like something I never heard of, but yep. sounds really interesting. Yeah, um, there's a few things that I've heard of, but like, yeah, everything always sounds like, well, this is intriguing. Yeah. Um, so I want to buy more probably after Christmas, get some Amazon gift cards, hopefully, and probably go buy some more. Um, because, yeah, there's a few I want. I just haven't had a chance to get yet. But it's a really, it's a, been a really good label so far. Everything seems super cool. So, um, yeah, I have to check. I have to add this to my list. So, yeah, su- super interesting stuff. Um, and then let's see here. I think uh, um, I'll talk about, um, okay, I'll talk about this. You want to talk about a superhero movie, Matt? Oh, my God. Yes. I'm so curious what this will be. um i don't know why so okay we watched this movie on a friday we watched two movies on this certain friday it was after we got home from new york but i worked bobby worked the boys went to school i don't know how we got two movies in this day we did (laughs) um the second movie uh, i'll just touch on ever so briefly i finally i don't know why i waited so long but i finally showed the boys die hard Oh yes, okay. And it took it took a little convincing for some reason. I was like, oh. guys, like so many good <laughs> things happen in this movie. It's like it's <laughs> the coolest movie in the world. You just have to trust me on this. And maybe because I've burned them so, or they've been burned by their dad so often in the past, where <laughs> I try to sell a movie to them and I'm like, my God, Dad, what is this? What are you making us watch? <laughs> um, but I mean, we all know. Hello, it's Die Hard. You can't go wrong with Die Hard, right? And even Bobby was like. Boys, I think you're really gonna like it. Oh, that's and good. So she backed finally, you up. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I, so I that was probably the kicker. The like the boys were like, "Oh, mom says it's good. Okay, we'll watch it." Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, of course they loved it. Why wouldn't they love? It's good. Yeah, yeah. So the next day, Rowan wakes up and he comes out with like a, a Nerf gun or something. It's like, hey, 
like still rubbing his eyes. And he's like, dad, can you play die hard with me? And so we fucking played die hard, man. <laughs> we played die hard. Uh, so big hit, big hit in our house. That's, I love that. I love hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but before that, uh, we must have watched this. I don't know when they got home from school or something, but uh, Blue Beetle. We turned on Blue Beetle. Yes. HBO yeah. Max. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so I, 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 I think people probably know I, I don't like superhero movies for the most part. <laughs> uh-huh. The ones I, I, I do prefer DC over Marvel. And so I thought, OK, why not? Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like you helped me settle on. I don't like the fantastical part of the superhero movies. So, like, you know, that's why I like Batman so much. I like the first Iron Man. Right. Right. That, right. Um, the Blue Beetle, not like set in reality at all. Right. It's it's very <laughs> fantastical. Uh-huh. But it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I kind of liked Blue Beetle. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, it's a two and a half. Two and a half stars with a heart on my letterbox. Which the heart goes means, a long way. Yeah. <laughs> which means decent, which means Anthony liked it. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, it the you know, I loved that, you know, there was <laughs> Susan Sarandon was the only white person in there, right? Yeah, uh, I think I think so, yeah. <laughs> and and th- because like so like a uh a movie primarily comprised of non-white people uh or a movie comprised of like primarily non-straight people a lot of times to me kind of feels forced and i'm thinking of an independent horror film in part of several independent horror films in particular where it feels like this it doesn't feel genuine blue beetle felt completely authentic completely genuine from the very start um and you know i loved i loved all of these characters i thought susan sarandon played uh, you know just a really slimy you know kind of bitchy bad guy um, <laughs> mm-hmm. i loved the big dude i don't even know what his name is i feel uh, bad i don't know either her you know her her main sidekick dude um and like the the sort of like the touching aspects of the movie with with um his dad uh and and then you know we get the backstory of susan sarandon's guys right how or why he is how he is um it didn't feel forced or phony at all it just it um but it it didn't like you know induce tears or anything but it was just an all-around enjoyable movie and so I was writing about it in my column this week and I was like, okay, I'm ready to defend this. Cause I assume people hated it. And it <laughs> seems like it's pretty generally, uh, yeah. Liked, yeah, which is awesome. I think that's great. I think it falls into, uh, I think uh, like, cause underrated is used too much. I don't think, I think now it's underseen. I think it was, or it was very underseen in the theater. It did not do well because okay. we're at that, we're at that. And we're, I feel like we're at the, <laughs> The, the the death throes of the superhero genre is like truly what it feels like yeah, especially yeah. when the marvels makes the least money of any marvel movie oh, like really? wow. yeah i'm pretty sure i think i just heard that it made the least amount of money um Good. <laughs> anthony's like i've been waiting for this day <laughs> but like i do feel bad that like 
the ones the movies that are coming at the end of this after it feels like that they've burned just they just burned through too much and people are tired of it are yeah. like the ones that happen to be starring women directed by a woman this one is a mexican cast i think directed by uh, a mexican director eight angel manuel soto so uh i i feel bad that i feel like they're suffering the brunt of like i think this was just a natural progression of this there was there the disney plus shows Okay, first of all, they had a movie called Endgame, which I think most audiences took literally and were right. like, well, I'm done with that. And they didn't yeah. come back. And then they diluted the brand with Disney Plus shows. And DC has just been so inconsistent with stuff. Okay. Like, And that's DC's problem. It's different than Marvel's problem. It's just like they've been so up and down. Um, so it seems like people are genuinely tired of superhero movies. And Blue Beetle suffered. It came out in August. And I felt bad because I couldn't see it at the time because... I can't remember what was going on. I was busy or there was some other stuff out. I just couldn't get to it. And I know a lot of people, the same issue. Uh, and then as soon as HBO max, Blue Beetle, people saw it and everybody on Twitter was like, this is so great. <laughs> like, I wish we'd seen it in the theater. So like, I feel bad in helping out the theater, but uh, it was very enjoyable. I can't remember if it came up on the show or not. I, I think I was watching it when I was kind of on like a break from the show. So I don't think I probably ever mentioned it. I may have okay. met, who knows I say a lot of things to the show so I don't remember but I do I did really like Blue Beetle a lot I'm I, like I love the family dynamic stuff like I felt like yeah that felt so genuine that's why I think set it apart from other because it's it's a pretty straightforward superhero yeah. origin story otherwise like yeah. but that stuff's great it did make me cry I was shocked that's I, good it, yeah it came out of nowhere with the the thing I won't say obviously what they do they pull up they pull a move. I didn't expect them to pull. I would just say that they did something where I thought they'd go one way and oh, they actually went all the way. Okay, great. And yeah. I was like, Ooh, this is sad. And then like, um, I don't know. I liked all that. I thought his suit was super cool. It reminded me of like, this is going to sound funny. The stuff about blue beetle reminded me of like almost like a 90s superhero movie. Cause it felt like way more low stakes. And there was a lot of like guy gets a suit type movies. Then it's yeah. like, I love stuff like the Giver. And there's a movie called Star Kid that I loved when I was younger. That's I don't think it's a great movie, but it's like yeah. I, I love the whole trope of like, you know, just guy gets a suit and like it's, it's a super suit and he just has well, to figure. Yeah, I think what I really loved it for some reason reminded me of Flight of the Navigator oh, where yeah. Yeah. the ship. Right. And I haven't seen Flight of the Navigator in since I was a kid. But in, and we know Paul Rubens does the voice right of the ship. Um like is its own character and here in blue beetle his suit right is is uh, uh I, I don't know what word to use but like it talks to him and like when you know he gives it commands like no we're not going to kill and finally like when he says okay we have to kill this one person the suit is like okay finally yes uh, and so like <laughs> the suit itself is its own character and it's a really cool looking suit um I thought, I mean, I was in tears. I, okay, I did cry in the movie, uh, but from laughing so hard when he, when the, when the, uh, uh, the, the scorpion thing. What the hell do you call that? Um, the scarab. Oh yeah, the scarab. Yeah. Like, you know, goes inside him and it goes up his ass, <laughs> and it's fucking hysterical. That part was like we fun. we yeah, see it, it go in like not graphically, but we know it goes in his butt. And like his whole family, they're like standing away from him and they're like, yeah. where'd you go? And they're like, I think I went up his ass. And they're like, no, it did go up my ass. It's so 
and it's all subtitled at that point because they're all talking in Spanish, and it's so freaking funny. And Bobby and I and Evan were cracking up, and Rowan's sitting there like, "What? What's so funny?" Because you know, because <laughs> it's all about the family freaking out that this thing went up his ass. It's yeah. funny. oh, it was good. But yeah, that all- I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that ensemble they got, the family, feels like they must have been hanging out a lot because it felt like they had such genuine chemistry, which I think really boosted the movie above, like, oh, your average superhero origin movie. But I really enjoyed it. I, I also still can't believe we had a Blue Beetle movie in at all, at all because that's like a, you're not really a comic book guy, I know, but he's like, I would even say he's like a C-level, maybe B-level, don't get mad at me, people. He's definitely not an A-list DC superhero, for sure, like, he was a guy when I was a kid, it was like, I heard about him in the comics. You couldn't find a toy of him anywhere. It was like, he's like, Blue Beetle's not get I, The fact that he has a big movie is funny. I know it didn't do well, but it's just so crazy. I hope they continue to let, oh my God, I cannot pronounce. I, I think it's Zoe, Zolo um, from Cobra Kai, the Blue Beetle. Um, uh, oh, the actor? Yeah. Uh because it's X O L O. I'm asking. Yeah. It's just terrible. Solo Mariduena. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Uh, I hope Mariduena. he gets to continue playing the Blue Beetle in some way. Ashton, yeah. He's good. James, He's very good. He is. James Gunn, uh, allegedly, supposedly, if Warner Brothers still has money next year, gets to continue making. He's headed DC now, so it's like. Oh, yeah. And he said, it's so weird, you know, like, oh, some people will keep playing their characters. Some people will be recast. I hope they keep Blue Beetle as, as who he is uh, because I like him a lot. But I'm glad you enjoyed that because, yeah. yeah. Um, also, back cool. to Die Hard really quick. Did you tell the kids there's many, there's four Die Hard sequels and two of them are good? <laughs> you know what? They don't, they don't, um, uh, they don't know their sequels. Uh, I think we can watch the second one they're still far too young to watch the third one. Oh yeah. The just be, just one because one. of the, the uh, sandwich board he's forced. Oh to yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. That's, huh. that's huh. rough. Yeah. I should say that. One. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait on that one, but the second, I haven't watched the second one in years and I have it. Um, but uh, yeah, it might be, you know, that's another, right. Does that take place? It's Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. It's still yeah. Christmas. Better, Different, better. It's a, the DC airport. I think it's like, okay. uh, I mean, it's very similar to the first. I really like Die Hard 2. Um, yeah, I remember somebody. There are people who put Die Hard 2 over Die Hard 1. I can't be that person. <laughs> uh, what? Wow. I, yeah, I don't remember specifics, uh, but uh, uh, I've seen it said. I've seen it said on Twitter. I also, I, and it's been a while since I watched Die Hard with a Vengeance. For a long time, I put Die Hard with a Vengeance above Die Hard 2. I'm not sure if that would still be the case. They're very close in my eyes. They're both great sequels. And very different. Die Hard 3 had to be different because 2 was pretty similar to 1. So they really had to do something very different in uh, Die Hard The Vengeance. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so do, do, you put, do you put uh, With a Vengeance at number 2 in your ranking then? Uh, yeah, yeah. I pro- I mean, I, I would like to go back and watch Die Hard 2 and then watch Die Hard The Vengeance like, pretty close together. Because um, it's been a while since I've seen either one. For a, I don't know what was going on back in the day on HBO. They would play Die Hard 2 and Die Hard the Vengeance a lot. But they never played the first Die Hard. Huh. <laughs> and I would I would watch those two a lot. Uh, so I was really fond of both of them. But I always remember liking Die Hard the Vengeance a little more. I yeah. don't know. Maybe because it was so different than yeah. the first two. 
you know, going out to a whole city instead of being like kind of confined to one place. Um, but and I love Sam Jackson. I don't know. I, I felt like uh, they were all great, though. Those I love the first three. And then it goes off the rails. I, I still have not seen the fifth one. I still have not there's seen that one. Fifth one? There's a, yeah, because there's. Right. Oh, what are they? What are they called? Uh, oh, four or five. Yeah. OK, yeah. Live free, With, uh, die hard, and it's good day to die hard. hard. Never yeah. seen a good day to die hard. <laughs> I gotta see. Hold on, hold on, Matt. <laughs> uh, so live free or die hard. Yes, it's the fourth one. Uh, I don't have. It. I thought I had it. So I have a. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't have it. Maybe I threw it away. I swear to God. <laughs> You're like, Get this yeah, okay, so I haven't I haven't seen the fifth one. Is the fourth one where he's in like a fighter jet, a fighter jet, and like on the yeah. collapsing freeway? It's PG thirteen, which I usually don't like to complain about the rating, but I feel like the Die Hard movies need to be. Is Justin R. Long the Justin son? Justin Long's in it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays his daughter. Oh, da- yeah, that and yeah. yeah, Justin Long plays the daughter's boyfriend, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, and I think I mean I, when it's P thirteen and not R, I, he can't even say yippee ki motherfucker, which is like I, I they might have they might have snuck that in with the whole like you can get one F word in a P thirteen, but I don't remember. Uh, but I remember it's just not being a very good movie. It's not, it's way beyond what John McClane should be. He should not be in a fucking fighter jet. It's just ridiculous. No. Oh god, no. <laughs> no. Oh, so so ridiculous. Um, anything else you want to talk about that you've seen uh, lately? No, I'm good. I'm set. Okay. None of my stuff is Christmas related. I'll tell you that right now. Right. <laughs> I have not watched a ton, I feel like. Actually, you know, I take it back. One thing is kind of Christmas related. Uh, so, okay. My stuff's all over the place. Okay. I watched a movie that I got the Blu-ray for a while ago because I'd heard in some places it is called Hard Boiled 2 or The Last Blood or it's also called 12 Hours of Terror. It is not there's nothing to do with hard boiled because it came out before hard boiled, but they, but they went back, whoever the distributor was after hard boiled came out. And when they distributed the rest of the world outside of Hong Kong, they were like, Ooh, call it hard boiled too, because that movie is popular. And this is also a heroic bloodshed movie. And the ending takes place in a hospital. So sure. enough, <laughs> So, um, it's not great, but, uh, it's, you know, it's <laughs> I just love, you know, Hong Kong heroic bloodshed shoot 'em up movies anyway. So it doesn't take a lot to uh, please me, basically, that kind of thing. Like, um, so basically, what, it's about. Well, on, on what's it what's it under on Letterboxd? I think it's just called I think it's under last the last blood. On the Letterboxd. last blood. Ninety one. Nineteen ninety one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God, OK. Yeah. I, I typed in hard boiled too. <laughs> and you get one, two, three. Uh, there's a bunch of movies with hard boiled too. Nice. Anyway, sorry. Go oh. ahead. No, you're fine. Uh, so basically, there's a a group of terrorists who attack. Uh, I guess he's like the he's not the Dalai Lama, but he's like the Dalai Lama, the Daka Lama. I don't know, <laughs> and I, I don't know if that's real. I apologize. I have no idea. Um, and they don't kill him but they wound him and he needs a blood transfusion or he'll die and he has a super rare blood type that i honestly maybe show my ignorance i don't know if they i think they say it's blood type p that doesn't exist none of these things 
The Daka Lama is not a thing. The Daka Lama. Okay, the so blood type they blood made type up. P is not a thing. Somebody no. comes into a room and it was like, he has a very rare blood type. There's only seven people in, I believe, all of Hong Kong with this blood type. And they come back and say two of them are dead. Uh, and they can get three of them. And so the terrorist group, though, wants to finish the job. So they they start going after people with the blood type. They get a hold of the list, too. So the cops and Interpol agents are going after trying to... It's a good premise. I mean, it's a ridiculous premise, but it's a good premise for an action movie. It's like, we got to find the one of these people and keep that person alive to give this guy a blood transfusion. Oh, and to raise the stakes. I think it's an Interpol agent. His girlfriend gets injured in the shootout, too. Guess what? She also has the rare blood type, and she needs a transfusion. Oh, my so, God. So they need... You know, as I'm saying that out loud, it's more ridiculous than I realize. But they <laughs> they need somebody with this very rare blood type. So they find this one guy whose name, they just refer to him as Fatty. <laughs> There's, not this played is the, by Sam O'Hung? This is weird. No, no. The b- bizarre thing about this movie is that it's like, super violent when it breaks out into like gunfights like it it is just full-on people just firing at each other and like squibs aplenty and just like straight on just violence and then it then it'll shift into like goofy broad comedy which i've watched enough hong kong films to know this is not like uncommon like they will swing from like goofy weird comedy back to like crazy violence again but last blood seems like really take it to another level like um so it's really uneven, but it has some very cool shootouts. Um, the thing in the hospital is good at the end. It's nowhere even in the ballpark of hard boiled, but it's but it's it's it is like hard boiled light. It is like diet hard boiled. <laughs> like, um, and that's why I like I usually John Woo movies because John movie John Woo takes a lot of the comedy out of his. I mean, there's a little funny things here and there, but this is so broad to have a character who's like comic relief, like. It's like Joe Pesci in the Lethal Weapon movies, you know, he's like and he's named Fatty and he's just ridiculous. And it's like um, so it's so weird, but it's it's like still kind of my thing. So that's I don't know, maybe recommendation. I don't know. I had to talk about it with somebody. So, where, yeah. Where did you watch this? Are you I have a Blu-ray. I don't oh, even know okay. if it's available any other way. And once I heard about it and I was like, oh, cool, a heroic bloodshed movie that's called Hark World 2. I need to see this. And it's only yeah. on Blu-ray, but it's a oh. it's a region A blu-ray so oh, okay yeah. cool um and okay then i watched a movie i got from vinegar syndrome that was not good uh i don't like to talk about stuff usually that's bad like really bad but like i have to bring this up because otherwise i got nothing out of it besides talking about it they put out a movie called fatal games it's a slasher movie from i think 84 um that was kind of like lost because i it never i don't think it made it past vhs um, so I, people, I think it kind of wanted it, uh, and then it didn't, you know, it was just hard to come by. And it was like one of those ones I feel like people were like, oh my God, they're putting out fatal games again, a premise that's like, sounds fun on paper, but an execution is really bad. <laughs> um, there's a group of like high school Olympic hopefuls who all train at the same school, like a high school, but I don't think it's even a thing. <laughs> Like, and uh, they are getting picked off by a killer who kills them with a javelin, which so, it sounds really fun on paper. Like he literally will always find a way to 
get them with a javelin. Like, and the first kill with a javelin is amazing because someone's like just lifting weights and they get like blown ten feet back to a wall and they stick to the wall and you're like, oh my god, this is gonna be so much fun. Um, it's really bad. You could watch a five minute like sizzle reel of Fatal Games and I think you would get the same effect because there's so much like I know we talk about how like slasher characters are always kind of like shallow and there's not much to them and these people are not even i don't even think some of them are actors i think they just found people that were gymnasts first and made them act because there's an interview with somebody that i watched like a few minutes of on the blu-ray where she was like they just wanted people they wanted people to really do the gymnastics part and the acting was sound like it was secondary so they're not very good actors they have nothing to their characters there's nothing like to latch on to it was really losing it by the end because I'm pretty sure I watched like a 10 minute sequence of a guy just kind of meander around the school, like yeah. on crutches. I believe <laughs> like, like I'm like, I'm watching him literally like in real time, like open up his locker combination. Like he just walked, nothing's happening. There's no tension. He's just walking around. And I was like, are we going to watch this whole thing unfold in real time? And uh, yeah, it's, I, it, I just thought, wow, I could have got the whole thing. I could just watch the highlight reel of the kills uh, with the javelin, which are fun, but yeah. they comprise like, I don't know, a few minutes of the movie. And the ending twist is pretty kind of out there, but I also think probably is offensive. <laughs> like, won't say what it is, but it's like <laughs> one of those twists where you're like, the fuck? Like, um, I didn't even <laughs> really quite realize what was happening until I was like, oh, that's what they're doing? Um, so I, I just thought it was really a bad movie. <laughs> and like, and we talked those four, I think. Like the worst sin a movie could really do is be boring. And Fatal Games is very boring for like long stretches of the movie. Okay, I got I gotta ask you this. Um uh -huh. and not you know, not to shit on the collector mentality like I always do, I guess, when I come to this podcast. But <laughs> but uh-huh. Uh do I got to say, sometimes it feels like companies, not just Vinegar Syndrome, companies are like, the long lost, you've been waiting for this. <laughs> you know, like, it, we we discovered it. We finally dug up the elements to dot, 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 fatal games. And it's like, did you really? Or is it like you just needed something to put on your slate and you have fatal games? <laughs> I mean, if there's this, this sounds yeah. like, you know, I, I feel like uh, not not nearly most a few, I would say, you know, a handful, even a small handful of titles from Vinegar Syndrome. People are like, oh, my God, they found it where to me, it's just <laughs> like, I think they just needed filler. And it came with like, you know, the storage shed that they bid on, you know, <laughs> like this, this auction that they won. They're like, oh fuck here's this i guess we'll put this out possibly uh i i mean if they're they do a very good job vinegar syndrome may better than anybody at like selling stuff to people with the way they write the blurbs and like yes. um and i also it's like catnip for me when you tell me i can't see something like any other way like then i i think me and carl we've talked about this so you tell me it's not available anywhere i have to go get a copy of it because i'm like i must see this like it's a rare treasure um it backfires a lot uh i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but fatal games was one i remember people asking for like for a while now you'd see it post people were like are they gonna put fatal games out it seemed like one of those whispered about 
slashers. I could see why it would like stick in somebody's memory. They're like, was that so crazy that slasher where the guy killed him with a javelin? You know what I mean? <laughs> like I could, I could definitely understand why that would like stick out to people. But, well, here, yeah. like, okay, that's a good selling point or like, <laughs> but, or, or you think about like, um, my bloody Valentine. It's like, oh man, you know, a killer in the in the uh, minor getup, and he kills people with the with the pickaxe, and like, that's a good selling point. But bl- my bloody Valentine, of course, like, executes it very well. It's a right. very good slasher movie, where it's like, okay, guy kills people with a javelin, could be cool, and that's as really as far as you could take that bit <laughs> right like you yeah. can't make a whole movie like you're saying make a five minute sizzle reel or a five minute short out of that you you know thank god this thing's only 88 minutes long is it what felt i felt much longer that's one of those times i'm like <laughs> oh i wish movies were under 90 minutes and it's like oh like cobra which we talk about soon uh that's like an hour 28 i think and that yeah. movie fucking flies by <laughs> like uh fatal games does not i mean this is like not. when you when you make choices like let me watch a guy walk around by himself in real time it's like and you don't edit or add anything exciting that's the kind of stuff i'm like oh this is bad like at least like if the characters were making weird choices or the actors making weird choices for the characters or someone was doing something interesting but like no one's doing anything interesting at all <laughs> like it's just very it's just very boring. I was like, I, yeah, yeah, it's not great. Um, uh, two more really quick. So yes. I watched something out of, uh, one of my Shaw brothers sets, uh, uh, cause I wanted to, I, I know the Shaw brothers made some horror movies and I watched one that was in there. Cause like, Oh, I, I want something. I did want something short, honestly. And it was under 90. Uh, I think it's only 80 minutes long. The bride from hell, which is, uh, from 1971 (laughs) question mark um and this is another thing where i'm like i read the back of the case for this i'm like holy shit i gotta watch this right now (laughs) because it sounds super fun um it's okay so i'll the premise really quick so this this (laughs) this is a funny setup too this guy and his like servant like rich lord and his servant are kind of wandering the countryside and they need somewhere to stop for the night. And they find this little house in the woods. And there's a woman and her like servant assistant living there. And the Lord finds the the woman of the house like naked. And he's like, oh, and she's like, you've seen me naked. I'll be dishonored. And he's like, I just think don't tell anybody. But he's like, you know what I'll do? Let's get married. <laughs> like, that's just, they just met that night. He saw her naked. He's like, you know what? I got a solution. You will get married. And then like, I don't know. They're married like immediately. Um, And it turns out she's uh, like possessed by the ghost of a woman who was killed um, like years and years before. So like when some of the older people see her show up in his like village, they're like shocked and scared. He's like, what's that about? And you know, finds out that she looks exactly like this woman that uh, was I think, killed and raped by these guys like years and years ago and finds out she's like possessed by her. And then, uh, you know, some a couple of crazy things happen. But I, I was a little disappointed because it's like wasted potential because they don't do a whole lot with it. Like it's a lot of talking. It's like not her doing. I just thought it'd be crazier just from that, the way it was called the bride from hell and. You know, I think some people I on Letterboxd, uh, even 
uh, is it, it's Erica from Unsung Horrors. Erica, I think yeah. her review was like not exciting for a movie called The Bride from Hell or something. It was like with that title, that's a real attention grabbing title, and it's like, eh, and he doesn't do much with it. Uh, it's okay. It's kind of fun. I mean, again, it's short, and that one didn't feel like it was two and a half hours long. And Fatal Games did, so I'll give it that. But it just like just doesn't do enough with the premise of her being like possessed and all this stuff and nothing that crazy happens like this is not like the exorcist two years later this is kind of way more subdued and all that stuff and uh but i do want to see Shaw, more shaw brothers horror movies because i don't know how many they made but i'm sure they'd probably be interesting more interesting than this hopefully <laughs> but, yeah. um but yeah that one's not great last thing i saw i was gonna actually see die hard in a theater this weekend because I had time and I had to get out of my house because the floors were being redone downstairs. And I had to get out of the house for a while. And I was like, I'll go see Die Hard in a theater, which I think I have seen before years ago. And it was fun. Uh, but then the projector broke. I was the only person oh. in the movie, by the way. I was the only oh my person. God. I was by myself. It was like 1030 in the morning. Let me say that. Because <laughs> I had to get. And I was like, there's nobody here for Die Hard. And then like it, did, it just went black after the previews. And I went up. I found somebody. And I felt like. They went to look, air quotes, like, but then we don't know. You know, there was hardly anybody wow. there. I don't think anyone knew what they're doing. So yeah. they were well, like, if you were the only one in the theater, too, might that, too. Been. They were like, we're not wasting our time with this. And right. they were like, well, we can't get it to work. So she just pick something else. And I was like, OK, what's what's starting soon? This is a very bad time for movies this past weekend, because I'm so mad because there was so many things I want to see that they're holding off till next weekend or they're not playing here yet. Like poor things. The Iron okay. Claw. Um, God, there's a few more. I, I do want to see Aquaman 2, even though I'm not sure how that's going to be. But there's like everything's opening Christmas weekend and uh, Christmas time. Nothing opening this weekend. So I've seen everything that's out or I don't want to see the stuff out there. So I was like, OK, I'll see this movie, Eileen, which I think just came up on FS Movie. Yeah. And I'd heard very little about it. Um, but it's starring Thomason McKenzie and Anne Hathaway. I like both of them. I was like, and I was intrigued because I, I had not even seen a trailer. So I really went in blind, which actually I enjoy. I really enjoy doing as much as I can. Like it's hard to go in blind to some stuff, but um, man, Eileen starts off so good. <laughs> like what for the first, like half of the movie, I was like, I think this might be my top 10 of the year. Like I'm loving this. And then it takes a hard, hard right turn in the third act. And I didn't love where that went. I was still on board, but it was like, ah, eh. and then it ends. And it just, it's one of those movies just kind of like ends. And it was very funny because in, in the Eileen screening at like 1045 in the morning, it was me, an older woman, a few seats down an older couple. And that was it. <laughs> and when it was over, the older lady, a few seats down turned to me and went, put her hands up and she went, that's it. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> she was so outraged. And, uh, <laughs> that's it like and then i just went like i i know what to say i was like i, I made like a noise i was like yeah like, Fuck I, if I know, know lady i've never seen I, this I, I didn't make it i didn't like i'm just here like you are um so i mean i yeah i mean it's very interesting because it's about thomas and mckin mckinsey is this uh girl young like young woman it's all the stuff about like her her burgeoning sexuality and she's been kind of cooped up because she has to take care of her alcoholic dad um played by oh shay wiggum who just shows up in like everything um and 
he's actually pretty good. He for a while he's like playing like standard movie alcoholic dad where he's just kind of walking around in a robe and like yelling and you're convinced like oh i think that's actually just shay wiggum that's how he is (laughs) he just showed up on set he's angry but um she deals with him put him in the movie yeah put him in um she deals with him he's kind of awful to her like her mom died her sister left it's just her and him her life's not great she works at a prison um and like just has like kind of like a a secretary, I don't know what even call it. Like, um, and then one day Anne Hathaway shows up and she's like this movie star almost coming into this. It's all set in the 50s. Come, she's like a got blonde hair and she's dressed up and it looks great. And everybody's like going gaga over her. <laughs> and Thomas Kinsey's like very intrigued by her because she seems so like she's a doctor in the, in the 50s. You know, you know, female doctor is like, oh my god, I think she, I can't remember what school said she went to in the movie, but. You know, she's a big deal in this little town. And like um, Thomas Kinsey's like fascinated by her and they go out and kind of hang out and have drinks. And and some guys trying to hit on Anne Hathaway and she like elbows him in the nose. And I feel like Thomas Kinsey, you're so cool. Like, And it becomes kind of like almost like a romantic thing where you're like, is this going to turn into kind of like Carol almost? But OK, so when when Bobby and I went and saw the holdovers in the theater, uh, we saw the trailer for Eileen and I was like, oh, I think this is this is more sort of like, you know, sleazy Carol. It, that's a good way, but it is kind of like sleazy Carol, like uh, not as good as Carol. I really liked Carol. And I, I saw it, I think, Carol. last year. Um, yeah. Not as good as Carol. Uh, it, it takes a hard, it, it takes a very hard turn from from what it kind of sets up almost the, I, like it's yeah, it's tough. Like, I don't want to spoil anything, but I was kind of like, oh, I kind of miss which I think Adam and Patrick says who went this movie recently. And I agree with them completely. It's like, they are more interested in the movie that started off as the movie. It became, um, agree a hundred percent. Uh, and the end is kind of like, a that's it. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like it enough to be, people should see it. I know it's going to fly like under the radar and be underrated and people won't see it. Cause it's gotten very little big press, you know, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I did. We just saw the trailer. I haven't heard anything else about it. Okay, tell tell me this. Have you seen the holdovers yet? I have not, but but I did end up paying. I never do this. I bought the twenty dollar rental on oh. Amazon. I'm gonna watch it. I think this week. I just did it the okay. other day, and I'm gonna sit down and watch it. Um, because I gotta do the best of 2023 episode soon, and I feel like what I'm hearing, I gotta at least see the holdovers because it... it'll it'll be up there. It'll probably be up there. <laughs> okay, I'm very excited because uh, that All was right, another well, that... one that like did not it like I want to see it and it didn't play really near me or any time that was good or anywhere near me. And then they pulled out of theaters. I was like, come on guys. It was just getting oh. traction. Do what the Godzilla movies doing and like add more theaters. Cause you're getting good buzz. Like, Oh, right. Yeah. I think like Godzilla minus one, like played at our Alamo for half a week and then it was, it was gone. Ugh. Uh, it, the holdovers, if you live in Omaha, you are required uh, by birth. You sign a contract that says, I will see every Alexander Payne movie in the theater. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know he was Moma or had forgotten yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eileen's good. I just wish Eileen like ended stronger because it probably would my top 10 and the way it stands, it probably won't be so interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm super sold on it because I love both of them. Yeah. Thompson McKenzie and 
uh just oh god just love Anne Hathaway and I thought the trailer like Bobby was like oh, yeah, yeah. and I was like yeah. I I think and, I was watching it or at some point I thought this seems like it could be an Anthony movie I think he would like it and they give I think that's that's sad too the movie lets him down because I think they give great lead performances both of them Thomas McKenzie and Anne Hathaway give really really good performances um so yeah it's when you can get a chance see Eileen watch Eileen but um okay that's all I had for stuff um so let's talk about cobra oh. 1986 directed by george p cosmatos are you uh, sure it's directed by george that... p cosmatos it's <laughs> a good question anthony um <laughs> just like tomb is this a tombstone situation where it's like tombstones like who directed tombstone his name's on it but kurt russell probably uh, right. <laughs> and i mean I, is, i'm guessing now i didn't the rumor, I guess, is Stallone ghost directed Cobra, right? Is that or somebody else? Uh, yeah, I mean, because <laughs> it's Stallone's script, it's Stallone's right. story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's the same thing with like Tango and Cash, where uh, you know, it's um, uh, son of a bitch, the hell's that director's name? I'm looking it up. What's wow, it's really far down on the list here. Um, Andre Con- uh, Konchalevsky. Oh, okay. Is you know the director on paper, but it's you know really Stallone and Russell, kind of also directing. So I I think it's I think Sly uh, might have been a little difficult to work with. Is what I'm hearing, <laughs> Matt. It's just a rumor. Listen, he might have been I... a little difficult to work with, especially around this time, right? This is what? like. Yes. <laughs> but it's because it's like from this period until like what probably the mid 90s when he kind of loses his star power a little bit. Like, yeah. Because I know Take Your Own Cash, they say it was difficult to work with. And uh, I don't, I can't think of other ones. I just hear the the early to mid 80s to mid 90s. It sounds like he's really uh, pulling some, some big wig moves. <laughs> right. Well, the it's funny because like you look at. Um, Cosmatos's filmography. Let me line this up. Earliest first. So like, uh, you know, he does some kind of semi-big movies, but didn't make a huge splash. Massacre in Rome, Cassandra Crossing, Escape to Athena, and then you know, uh, of unknown origin, which of course wasn't a huge hit, but genre fans love it now. Uh, but he works with Stallone in Rambo. Uh, First Blood Part Two, mm-hmm. and I think that was probably another case of Stallone like, oh, I'll take care of this. <laughs> yeah, and don't Cosmatos, you worry, I'll take care of this. <laughs> Cosmatos is like, okay, I still get paid the same, so fine. Um, <laughs> and I think they they obviously they must have had a semi decent relationship because they make another movie the next year. Um, and so, uh, either way, I, I like George P. Cosmatos movies. I like of unknown origin. I like first blood part two. I like Cobra. I haven't seen Leviathan. Uh, I like tombstone now, whether he actually directed these movies or not, I don't know, but his name is on the paper. So I like George P. Cosmatos. (laughs) Yeah. That's the question. I'm like, do I, I say I like his movies, but how many did he actually direct of his movies? (laughs) Like, and I don't want to take 
credit away from a director, uh, you know, if he actually did a bunch of work and it's like, you know, of course, dude, Tomb- I'm sure he did. Yeah. Tombstone does seem like the one where it's pretty like well documented, like that, that he was not directing most of that movie. You know what I mean? Like that scene. Cobra, I don't know as much. Um, I do like Leviathan. I like Rambo First Blood Part Two a lot, actually, as much as everyone always jokes how it like goes like a hard 180 from the first Rambo, you know, but I enjoy that kind of thing knows <laughs> then... what it's but that's what like i i feel like because st- it's stallone's baby and he's like um okay that was like a very serious performance and i love rambo is one of my all-time favorite movies and it's one of my all-time favorite performances and to me proves that stallone is and can be a really great fucking actor yeah um, yeah but we all know him as this caricature which basically starts with Rambo first blood part two. Um, and, and, and here's the, here's the funny thing. I think in Cobra, he kind of goes back to, um, he has a few brief, albeit brief moments <laughs> of kind of vulnerability. I wrote my note was, uh, he's a little more twitchy than he is in something like Tango, like, like when he's playing Tango or when he's playing Barney Ross in the Expendables movies where it's like, okay, it's this movie star who is invincible in Cobra. There's a few moments like, and especially his introduction when he goes into that convenience store, oh that, that yeah. grocery store, <laughs> like he, he doesn't know what he's walking into and it shows. And Stallone, I think plays it so well where he's like, Holy fuck. You know, I'm kind of scared. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. Cause when he sees that woman, right. He looks down at the entrance oh and yeah crouch there and like he does this panic like get fucking get down i don't know what's going on <laughs> i think and i'm like oh it's kind of cool but you know it, so often he slips back into the uh, <laughs> type of thing um yeah i i i feel like i miss any subtlety or like fear in his performance because <laughs> he comes <laughs> in like the coolest motherfucker in the world okay listen i don't want to make everything about last action hero but i could <laughs> not help but think, was this what they were directly parodying in the opening of Last Night Hero? Because the whole thing is like hostage situation oh, on yeah. Christmas Eve or on, you know, a, near Christmas. Yeah. And everyone's like, here, all the cops around. Here comes the one badass cop who's play by the rules. And he comes in to take it out. And I was like, I just never connected it I, to my brain. I was like, was this what they were like directly parodying when they did Last Action Hero? <laughs> it could be because, you know, these like the the relationship between Arnold and Sly, right? Like, yeah. you know, like the story behind uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, right? Where like Stallone oh, is like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I got stuck with this movie instead. Um, you know, this sort of like competitive relationship, but they'd actually loved each other. And like, you know, they were sort of jokingly competing against like, who's the biggest action star? So <laughs> I would not be surprised now, Matt, I'm really sorry to say I haven't seen Last Action Hero in years. Oh, no. So I, you know, I, I, I know. I'm flying to Omaha tomorrow. I'm going to do one of those like a uh, Clockwork Orange, yeah. like, force my it, eyes open. It. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it, if you watch that now, if you just watch Cobra, you'll be like, oh, I think they're really doing like a direct shot at. I know this happened in other movies, but I also was thinking, like, and you know more about 80s cop movies than, than me, but. I, was this one of the earlier examples of the trope of like bring in the outlaw co- or like it has all these tropes that I love where it's like 
when when uh when they're like calling the cobra i'm like yes and then there's the guy who even has like the glasses who's like i don't like how you operate cobra but god damn it you get the job <laughs> basically well we'll get to andy robinson here in okay. a minute. <laughs> i think i'll tell you what like okay. could art lafleur be LaFleur, yeah any yeah. fucking wronger in this part like is he is he the worst casting choice in hollywood ever or not for this part i love art lafleur you know he you just watched field of dreams for the first time art lafleur is like oh, he's yeah. a good like very small comic relief part in that movie yeah um here it's like what the fuck is art lafleur doing in cobra andy robinson works like i said we're gonna get there oh yeah yeah but art lafleur like his his yeah his first line is bring in the cobra bring and it's like cobra. no art lafleur like he's he doesn't like art lafleur is not able to deliver that line with the with the gravitas that it deserves no mm. matter what art lafleur does no matter how much i love art lafleur <laughs> he's not the right guy for this part i, I was so thinking weird when I see him, he looks like he should be playing like a college football coach or yes! something like like I put in a funny kind of. You know what? Cop, man. There are better there are better guys that could have said bring in the Cobra. But I do think he nails that line. It's like maybe I just saw that line so much. I'm like, anybody could have said it. But uh, but I mean, yeah, it is kind of weird now that you bring it up. I mean, there could have been somebody, I, you know, we could dreamcast this all day. But I was like. uh I mean, there's there's probably guys with better voices. He could have been like bringing the cobra, but I mean, uh, I don't know. He, I think he just, just does it well. But there are better options. But uh, but th- I mean, that whole thing, I was like, yes, because I I've seen Cobra many times. Yes, love the opening because it's yes. like every trope I love in an action movie, done in like within the opening of the movie. Like you know, he come he comes in with his fucking souped up cool car, and he's got his own gun that he's got like the cobra look it's so cool i, I like mean, I, I hate guns but fuck man like this, this movie, most 80s 80s cops movies i'm like oh, guns so awesome <laughs> man god i love guns and then the movie ends I, like oh guns bad naughty guns bad no. yeah no <laughs> i know like only shot a gun like twice in my life and it was terrifying because one was at they're both at shooting range i didn't shoot a gun just by myself but uh, <laughs> they're cool gun Jesus, they're loud i went to that shooting range i don't know a few years ago with a friend because he's like you want to go to the shooting range i think and i was like okay and, <laughs> and uh they just it's just so funny to me like the the action people are firing guns off left and right yeah You'd be deaf within minutes like because we had yeah. head you know head uh earphones on yeah. and like the gunshots just like hit you in the chest like it just vibrates your whole body the guns are so loud and i was like this is so much scary because <laughs> i'm just trying to yes. shoot this gun i'm like my eyes are closed and i'm like although i did okay hitting the target but i but uh it's terrifying they're just so loud it's <laughs> so, so okay well okay i uh, we're not gun guys is what we're, we're yeah we're two non-gun guys are going to tell guns stories love here. guns me, yeah. Yeah, love god man we love guns so much guns boy Big boner right ain't now. That <laughs> yeah, ain't that America? Ain't that America? Okay, so I grew up, you know, I'm in the Midwest. Uh, lots of hunters. Bobby's family are hunters. Um, and so there's, you know, they don't have the fucking machine guns or any of that shit. You know, they have, you know, rifles, rifles and, and yeah. yeah, stuff like this. Anyways, we went out to uh, her aunt and uncle's house, which is out way out in the country for Easter one day. And we're waiting around for dinner and, and the guys are out back. Um, and like, I mean, it's wide open. No, you can't see houses anywhere. Just huge open fields, very beautiful. 
and they're out shooting trap or skeet like skeet shooting like they throw the clay plates mm-hmm. you know and i was like oh that's you know that's kind of cool and so i walked out <laughs> like oh you know i just i wanted to see like what this stuff looked like i and they're like you want to hold the gun i was like ah, okay because they know <laughs> like oh let's get this pussy to hold the gun and i'm like okay <laughs> this pussy will hold the gun and so like i held it and like you want to shoot it i'm like oh fuck it why not and so like you know they shoot the thing out and I've never fucking held a gun. I've never shot a gun. I don't even <laughs> like playing Nerf guns with my sons and they shoot the thing out and you know, or I have to yell pull and then, Oh, and right. Yeah. <laughs> I follow it and shoot the thing and explode the plate. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? I was like, yeah, guys, come on. It's, you think this is hard? Yeah. <laughs> like you want to go again and i was like okay because they're like that's lucky and i'm like no it's not of course i'm in my head i'm like oh my god i fucking hit it <laughs> uh, so you know pull they throw another one out there and follow along explode the plate again and i was like yeah guys duh this is like this is it <laughs> Uh, give the the gun back and like I turn around and Bobby she like wide eyed and like she's like what and I was like I don't know and so I, <laughs> that's it that's like that's my reputation I am two for two dead eye over here <laughs> yeah I'm not and so like that's they all remember remember the guy that hates guns was a fucking great shot and I'm like yeah I was a great shot I was also luckier than fucking shit so anyways. But uh, yeah, I I think I made this comment before. It's like I have I you know I hate guns in real life. Love their movies. It's almost like I wish you'd watch a movie and then you'd be like, oh, those those guns they had crazy. Like they like I wish they didn't exist in the real world, but they only existed in movie world. You know, it was like right. a fantastical invention. Like oh, those guns were so crazy. Um, but I do I do love their movies. But anyway, so um, okay, yeah. real quick to go back to answer your question, could this be the first movie where they bring in sort of like the specialist? And I think. I've seen a lot of 80s cops movies. I have an extensive list on Letterboxd with over 300 80s cops movies. And of the ones that I've seen, I think it really might be, um, you know, like bring in the Cobra. He works. God, how great would it be to be part of the zombie squad? Doesn't that sound awesome? That sounds so awesome. They talk about it so negatively, but like it sounds pretty cool, guys. They're like so awesome. I totally want to be part of the zombie squad. Like, Go back to the zombie squad, you're long. I'm like, it sounds like a pretty sweet name. Like, I don't know why. Hey, I will be with the zombie squad. I will be with the zombie squad. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just that opening, it always grabbed me. I feel like for when I was younger, I only saw the opening somehow, or all I remembered was the opening in the grocery store. Like, it's like it's very its own contained thing at the beginning like uh, i mean you know, it spirals out in the bigger story but you could just watch that and then like the whole thing dealing with that guy and uh you know throwing uh what does he throw to distract him just like a can or oh yeah like he, he opens he opens up a room temperature coors yeah takes <laughs> a little sip. swig from it and then yeah. throw yeah gross i do think it's interesting there's a couple times where i'm like looking at stallone you know cobra being like could you have shot this guy like three different times? Like he really takes his time. I guess he really like, waits, waits sure. till he he's holding the fucking grenade. And then like that giant shotgun on the lady's forehead. And he's like, freeze. 
now's the time to freeze are you fucking god dude <laughs> oh my god and yeah then, I, yeah he I, waits so, so I, long. I, I saw this for the first time only in 2018 oh uh, wow, really yeah I wow. think I blind bought the Scream Factory disc. Oh yeah, um, and watched it, and I was like, "Oh, this is why I love '80s cops movies so much." Like this is, <laughs> I wouldn't consider this the quintessential '80s cop movie, but this is one of the big reasons why I love '80s, just because they're so bombastic, they're beautiful. Uh, I think it must have been maybe last year. I watched Cobra around this time last year. And then, you know, I posted a bunch of stills and gifts and stuff on Twitter and was talking about how, you know, that we all love Cobra and it's, you know, the, the guns and, and it's all, it's all cool. Like the weird cult <laughs> shit. Um, but then that started making me think like, this is such a weird movie. We're dealing with this cult this weird like steel worker cult aspect thing. Um, but it is so beautiful. This movie is so beautiful. Um, and there's four stills on my Twitter that, uh, that I had snagged from the Blu-ray and, and then one of them is of one of the robots that Brigitte Nielsen <laughs> oh, yeah. is posing with. Like it's not her introduction because we meet her first when she's in her Jeep under the bridge, but it's, there's so many beautifully weird moments in this movie. Um, now real quick, the opening, going back to the opening, like the very, very opening, Matt, is this a Tony Scott opening or is this a Tony? <laughs> It really, yeah, it really feels like we it. have you and I have podcasted on Beverly Hills Cop 2. And mm -hmm. like this time around, I was like, holy shit. And Brigitte Nielsen's in the, both of them, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. It's that, you know, that very orange, smoggy LA opening. And oh, I was like, holy shit, this is Tony Scott all the way. <laughs> and this is before Beverly uh, Hills Cop 2. Yeah, it is before Beverly Hills Cop. And it's the same year as Top Gun, so I don't. Yeah, like uh, I'm not sure which came out first, but yeah, I was thinking it was like, oh, I see some Tony Scott in this, and no wonder I would like it. It yeah. likes me. It seems like it even more. I did. I went to your Twitter, look up those shots, and yeah, they are. They're good and they're weird. Like the when there's like a big red filter over yes. like the motorcycle. No, the motorcycle. Yeah, like, it's why, so... but it's cool. <laughs> like uh, a lot of Pepsi product placement uh, in this movie. Okay, like, I wanted to talk at, at the so at the. I don't know if we'll ever get off of the intro here, the very first scene, but, yeah. <laughs> um, that where he's hiding, you know, he takes a swig of the Coors, throws it, and he's hiding behind that cool uh, pouring Pepsi, Pepsi thing. display. Like, yeah. you know, it's got the little corkscrew thing that looks like it's constantly pouring. So cool. Like, I, I wish there was like displays like that still in grocery stores. God, I know they don't do stuff like that. That's <laughs> and then he fucking shoots it, and like it's yeah. like. It's if, like he destroyed if, it yeah, yeah if, <laughs> if the you know prop department only knew that this stuff wouldn't exist <laughs> right? i know later. tangible things uh, just like now it's all digital no um I, yeah i mean that opening is just you know it's it's a great like contained thing on its own like it's a really good i think it's a very strong opening that sucks you right in and tells you all about cobra that you feel like you're like yeah this guy's badass uh and I mean, he does 
that's did he drop the line that early when it's like the crime is the disease i'm the cure is it, it's okay i was like misremembering the, oh, sure, yep come in uh, hot with that well like it's on the poster it's a great line i mean i, <laughs> I love that he he chews a, a matchstick yet doesn't smoke <laughs> yes again it feels like a weird trope like why would just chew on it they like a toothpick or a match and just like just to look cool like there's like, no reason <laughs> yeah i mean i i just you know uh, the toothpick i feel like would have gone i think this was a very conscious decision by sylvester stallone uh kind of coming up with this actor a toothpick would have been like sort of just forgotten about and faded away but like you look at the the header image on letterbox and it's him chewing the matchstick it's, it's <laughs> fucking cool man. it's just so cool Oh, it's great. Uh, I mean, the, the movie, though, I was like, man, this is a very weirdly put together movie. It, it, I love that it goes fast, but it, it, it's the point where it's like things definitely got cut out. Right. And I did oh, read that there was like a over two hour long cut of Cobra that they were like, I would love to see that. I would love I would still love to see it because something most of the stuff got cut out was to avoid like an X rating for violence because it was just oh, very I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah, like now really let me see it. Um it's yeah, I usually I'm like, oh no, keep it shorter. But uh I'm like I'm very curious about this this cut out there that they chop all the stuff out. Because we we learn like nothing about this cult, right? I mean we the cult see, is that's just... the thing. Like that's one <laughs> of the weird it like God if this if this lady was uh, the lady that was in the theater with you watching uh, Eileen was in your apartment watching Cobra with you and and like Cobra ends and she's like that's it you know, she's uh, what's with the cult and you're like I don't know lady what are you doing in my apartment what's going on yeah, here? why how'd you get in my home uh, yeah we, we learned nothing about the cult but it is more satisfying than what happens in Eileen, I will say. Oh, okay. Because okay. because no one gets put on a meat hook and sent into a fire. <laughs> I just, I love the cult aspect of this because it's so weird. Like, what, like, what honestly, like, the, their metal, like, like, with the, they're fucking no. making music and shit. And, and like, a, like, the Terminator 2 steel factory, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's my so first weird. Note, my first note is like, so they just stand around and smash axes together around a fire. <laughs> like they clank their axes together. And if you look at that crowd, if you look at that crowd of people, it's not like all guys in like leather bike outfits. There's like guys like business suits. Yeah. And like, are they like the accountants of the cult who like also go to the axe smash? <laughs> well, I love that. So oh, love some, it. some eighties cop movies sort of went into that cult aspect. Larry Cohen uh, did it a lot but he did it with uh cue the winged serpent in the 80s like a weird cult thing uh there's a movie called the banker starring uh uh oh from vigilante oh from jackie brown <laughs> uh, uh oh my god uh i thought you were talking about the director for a second that's um alligator <laughs> oh, oh oh god i'm sorry people i always show people are screaming they probably robert forster Robert Forster, good God, so sorry. Um, <laughs> anyways, the banker, which is really yeah. great, I highly recommend the banker, but it's got a weird cult aspect, and so I think, um, I wonder if some of like, um, because Satanic Panic, right, was huge. That's what I was thinking that too. Was yeah, I think they're sort of playing off of that. A lot of movies sort of include that. Um, 
but don't do much with it because uh, I Cohen does a ton with it in Q. Uh, but the banker doesn't do a much, doesn't do much with it. But you know, there is some sort of cult aspect. Cobra, of course, does almost nothing with it. It's just like a tease, <laughs> almost like, oh my god, I want to know so much more about this weird cult where we bang yeah, metal talking about like the new world and yes very vague you're like what is what is this um it's like I, it kind of works though because i'm just like i just need to know that they're bad guys and they're in a weird cult like i don't i would like to know more they don't need to know more i give like, it's just like, right it doesn't it doesn't it does for me it doesn't like distract from the movie i i think you come into this movie knowing exactly what you're gonna get it's a very simple movie at yes. its core like yeah. it doesn't no, i mean we're f- overthinking it way too much, folks. But because I was thinking, I, mean, I, think I love the simplicity of Cobra really too. Because under ninety minutes, you have the great opening. You get into like, yeah, there's a cult and they're killing people around town. It's random. You bring in Brigitte Nielsen as a witness to it. Uh, you get that amazing um, angel of the city. Is that what it's called? The angel of the city montage <laughs> with random shots of robots. I don't know why. Oh, so, oh, God! It is so good. That montage is so great. A good though. montage, yeah. Um, okay, so the soundtrack is incredible, minus one song, uh, which is funny. It's the very last song that the credits, like they peel off on the motorcycle. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it, you know, you might as well have played fucking Center Field by John Fogerty. Like it's so stupid, it does not fit at all. <laughs> But the rest of the soundtrack hits so hard that, you know, they play that Gloria Stefan and Miami Sound Machine song a couple times when Cobra pulls up in front of his uh, house and, you know, has to move the the Cholo sitting there. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but like Gary, the Gary Wright song is fucking great. The Robert Tepper song. Um, yeah, I think the soundtrack is so good. But that montage, I really. uh I think that that sort of uh, well, that's where it starts to get kind of weird. We see these robot things, but it's a, such a great introduction to um, the type of work, um, the other type of work that Cobra does, like your typical shakedown work, because mm-hmm. we've already seen he's a specialist, right? So he's but he still has to do sort of your typical uh, shakedown work, and then a good introduction to Brigitte Nielsen. Uh, yes yeah again like oh she's this obviously they're using her beauty you know she was a model they're using her beauty uh in and for the film but again like her character you know she's not like a da or some sort of lawyer or like uh some sort of like business or reporter or like you know something and so when the movie ended for some reason i just kept thinking like why did they keep chasing this woman? It's only because she might have seen something. That's right. the only reason. Like, she, you know, she wasn't like the prosecuting attorney to put nobody was on trial. Like, it was so <laughs> great. Like, this cult threw everything they had to get this woman, to get this one random woman who might have seen something. And you, <laughs> and you, and we see the police sketch. Which is terrible. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> the worst police. It's it, it fucking like that, laugh 
how bad it is. It is. I was like, oh, that's really the police sketch. <laughs> and, like, and you're like, oh, these guys can get away with anything because they're not going to catch. But no, no that whole fucking with, cult comes after. Not with those pictures. Uh, yeah, because she like barely sees. I forgot how like, she sees like the aftermath of the crime. She doesn't even. They're like putting the body down and yeah. she happens to drive by and they're like, we gotta fucking kill this thing. <laughs> and it's like yeah. it seems like a lot of work. Uh, I do love God. I mean, there's just so much I love Cobra. It's like if like it's. I was thinking Cobra's probably one of the. It's not even the worst made, but it's very kind of sloppily assembled. But it's got everything I love in it. Like even the scene on the rooftop when Stallone is partner meet up with Art Lafleur, and it's Andy Robinson, and yeah. they're like do your thing like they like unleash him and i'm like yeah like yes yeah, just, yeah. You know, like cobra you know the worst in the city do your thing do it's your like thing. yeah boy art lafleur i wish it was somebody else saying that but yeah here we go <laughs> oh i mean it's still worse they go the montage i'm like he seems also overdressed because they're in la right i know it's december but does la even get like heavy <laughs> winter jacket I mean, no. like he's wearing a long jacket it looks cool it was like everyone's dressed too warmly for me for la i guess it could get cold but uh just you know um it was, oh hold on we went past we got to go back to i have to ask you when you have leftover pizza do you cut it with scissors <laughs> okay so <laughs> the pizza scissors are pizza scissors are a real thing but here's like because and people like defend like when when you talk about the, the scissors and cobra people are like pizza scissors are real these are not fucking pizzas these are like you know office supply scissors. Office scissors but but okay so like i'm i'm the first time i saw this i was like what the fuck is this but i'm so far past that i'm to the point now how he cuts like he just yes. cuts the tip off he the cuts... pizza when oh, what are you bite doing? It. Why don't you like just if you... bite the pizza? And like, <laughs> it's a little, it's like a bite-sized piece. Like, yes. I just want to cut off a, a tiny end of this pizza, which we're really going to overanalyze this now. It looks like the very tip of the pizza slice has been eaten off or t fallen off. So he cuts like a, like a, a, a different shape, like this, the bottom part of the pizza that's left. And it's like a little square or like a rectangle. And he just like eats it. But I'm like, why would you... Cut that off and just pop it in your mouth when you could just take a bite with your mouth. I don't. I'm listen. <laughs> it may maybe he has a thing like he doesn't like using his you know his inside these incisors or oh, whatever. Yeah, cutters, the front right? of his, the front of his teeth. He doesn't like to to do the the oh. cut. Uh, yeah, God, it's so weird. But yeah, it, it's like uh, when he pulls the pizza out. You're right. It's not even like a triangular shape it's like it's like he ordered the pizza and he uh specifically said don't cut it yeah don't cut it. <laughs> and so they give him this like just you know perfectly round pizza not cut and he just goes in and like cuts little pieces like randomly yeah random. that's the part that bothers me it's random yeah yeah it's so random chaos oh. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a part of a trope, though, was like the loner cop who eats like whatever shitty food still at his house. Like, uh, so he's like got a pizza, looks like it's sitting out, sitting out for a while and just like cuts a piece off and goes back to cleaning his gun. It's like I think the ultimate, though, might be like in Stone Cold with Bosworth, just like making that shake of like all the shit that's like around his apartment. <laughs> I do I do love like I'm such I'm my job is my whole life so I just eat whatever stuff's just lying around my head. well and it's funny because he gives Remy uh Santoni so much shit mm. uh Rennie Santoni so much shit about you know like uh you eat too much sugar 
Uh, and he's like, you know, have a was have a plum or yeah, have a, a raisin. Have yeah, a raisin. A raisin. What? <laughs> it's just so God. He's yeah. He's <laughs> like he's in such cool tough guy mode at the beginning, and he tries to like soften up once they get um Brigitte Nielsen. Like once they kind of like take her out because she almost gets killed again, and they take her to that kind of out of the city and like. I laugh so hard, not at the idea of not what he does, but how he does it when he's like so awkward. He comes up, he's in the the restaurant and he has like the big like burger statue. And he's like, hey, ma'am, do you order your, the sins like a little big? And it's like, that's it feels like Stallone genuinely trying to do comedy. And it's like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like he really tried something and up to the movie. And it's like, ooh, <laughs> I was like, this is why I always thought Schwarzenegger was better at the comedy. Yeah. And and imagine what did they leave on the cutting room floor if that stayed in right yeah uh, okay two things about that scene one okay <laughs> you notice how dusty that burger statue was it was like really gross really gross yeah oh that's true and yeah, i yeah. understand like we're in a greasy spoon yada yada Other <laughs> thing and he comments on it but it's a comically ample amount of ketchup that brigitte nielsen oh. squeezes onto her french fries like yeah. so much <laughs> so much ketchup it's it's gross it's really gross how much ketchup she puts on her french fries <laughs> it is and i don't listen i don't want to start a controversy or debate here i think putting the ketchup directly on the fries is like sacrilege you got to put the ketchup next to the fry or on some separate and you dip i think when you dump it all over i, I don't understand that i don't understand i don't like watch people do that okay <laughs> here's the thing okay uh it depends on one, the type of fry. Okay. <laughs> and two, the vessel in which they are delivered. Okay. Uh, you do not just random, like spray the whole lot. Uh, if they're anything but crinkle cut. Okay. I do find crinkle, crinkle cut more acceptable to do Crinkle cut deserves the, the spray. Um, <laughs> the, but, but, but it only the crinkle cut only gets the spray if they are sitting in a cardboard, you know, boat. They're called boats. We call yes. them boats. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if they're on a plate, no, you don't do that. Ketchup goes on the side. Um, but it has to be crinkle cut and they have to be in a cardboard boat. So that is I'm the kind, most I'm acceptable. kind of with you. Yeah. I, I just don't. I, it kills it. People do that. Their fries. I'm like, what? Like, what do you know? Like this to me, it's like chaos. I'm like, this, this can't like, you're just <laughs> dumping ketchup all over there. Just like kind of put it off the side, dip it in. They have more control that way. I don't know. Well, the, just... the funny thing is like you, you, and, and God damn Brigitte Nielsen's French fries. Like it's going to be a layer of ketchup, <laughs> like on uh, just on the fries on the very top. And you get this when, you know, you do a proper amount of ketchup it's just the fries on the top that have like the ketchup. And then you're left with like fries with that don't have either any ketchup or just a tiny little, yes. you know, speckle. That's the problem. So, There's yeah. No I mean, they're, they're control. <laughs> here, when, when I was a kid, my dad would play basketball every Friday night. And so, uh, all of us kids would go and we'd run around while the guys are playing basketball. And then afterwards, every Friday night, they would go to, Broadway Bowl, the bowling alley there on Broadway and 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And um, they would get 
beers or uh you know drinks and then the kids would always get french fries and we we'd get there'd be like six of us kids we'd get two big three pound boats of french fries and it was always the over the top uh and so that's the only reason that's my only reason behind fair enough fair enough uh we're getting some really deep topics of this one i appreciate it really we're getting to the stuff people care about uh guns are awesome guys guns 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 and uh kind of speaking of that uh so (laughs) after the silliness of ketchup so i'm watching cobra and i feel like you and i are pretty similar in this that that like cobra is a movie that's so of its time and of like reagan's 80s and like i feel like it's they they have the character andy robbins with the glasses who's like the finger wagging guy who's like you can't go around doing this there's laws which (laughs) i feel like in principle yes i would agree with i think we're both liberal leaning people and cobra's like very like (laughs) the kind of fascist like i mean it's like let's just go out and kill the criminals like there's no we don't need a judge jury like boom cobra's gonna execute which in a movie i'm like hell yeah this is awesome but also yeah. in a movie i've said this before too we have like the god's eye view basically so we know every horrible thing the cult has done and we know they're guilty there's no like question here for us we don't need a judge jury. we've seen them do it in the movie so i feel like i'm like fuck yeah cobra kill those guys don't take them in in real life i'm like eh. But I just, I just like because like it's so of the '80s. Like they, they had the reporter get in Sloan's face when he comes out of the supermarket and question him on his tactics, and he does the whole thing when it's like, kind of throws it back, and it's like, well, you, look what at do the you dead body. Yeah, <laughs> go look right. at the dead body. It's like tell, tell their families. And I'm like, I agree with that, but I also like we need order and structure. <laughs> yeah, I find it funny. I love this stuff so much when I don't feel like it reflects. I do love justice. Don't get me wrong. Well, but <laughs> that's that's the funny thing. Like, you know, this genre is my favorite genre of all 80s cop movies, because I I, I honestly think 80s cop movies are or is it's a, its own genre because they're they're very specific. They're very of their time, but and they're very populated with characters who in real life I would despise. But in the movies, I fucking love so like I think of like Nick Nolte in 48 hours and another 48 hours horrendous a horrendous human being right but he's like one of my all-time favorite movie characters ever um or you have um let's see here I'm looking at uh at my list here um fuck anything Charles Bronson did uh yeah. you know even in the 70s uh you know his exploitation stuff in the 70s or like his Murphy's Law or Ten to Midnight or uh, uh, the Border, it's a Border Patrol, I think. Um, you know stuff that Charles Bronson did, um, and, and then of I, I think the ultimate one is RoboCop, and of course Paul Verhoeven makes it satirical. Like that's what he's like rubbing america's face in it like right, look at right, this right. this is what you like this is what you want um <laughs> and like i'm like yeah this is what i want part of me is like yeah in movies yes in, in movies. a movie right movies in real world very different places things don't Absolutely. work the same as, Absolutely. Uh... and then but like you also have these specific actors that play these parts really well stallone 
uh, Bronson, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. There's, you know, there's so many even smaller movies where you have, um, oh, uh, Norris, Chuck Norris would be one. Um, but like you have uh, smaller, less known movies, but with these same type of actors that play these same type of roles. Um, and yeah, I, I'm with you. Like in real life, I, you know, despise what these people stand for. And like, I'm, I'm not, uh, like a, a, a cop hater or anything in real life, but I disagree with many of their tactics. Uh-huh. But like in the movies, I'm like, yeah, fuck that victim up. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, don't give him a phone call. Like, yeah. punch him in the face during the interrogation. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, things are just different in movie world. The guns, as we talk about, Greg's always like, we don't, we hate guns in real life. But exactly. Awesome. Well, okay. Um, so, so you okay? Uh, now's the perfect time to talk about Andy Robinson, Andrew Robinson, of course, uh, everybody's favorite from Hellraiser. Come to Daddy. Oh yes, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he is one of the all-time great actors to consistently play slimy characters. Yeah, he's, he's like his character <laughs> in Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not really slimy, I guess, in Cobra, but he's, you know, he's sniveling. You know, yes, he's like, yeah. he's, oh, boy, you just fucking he, hate him. Just he feels play. like their idea of like some liberal like they think of like a liberal whiny guy who's like that they feel like put glasses on it and they make him like kind of like getting in their way an obstacle kind of thing i mean this yeah. I mean, it does go back to like dirty harry i mean i feel like dirty well, harry was doing that kind of you know yeah, well, like, I, i'm gonna get to dirty harry in just a second but like andy <laughs> robinson like he plays the same kind of character in charlie varick um and what's the paul newman one uh dead is it the deadpool drowning pool right um, yeah yeah yeah. like he's so good at playing these uh types of characters so you mentioned dirty harry and you know for cobra is stallone's script that he had delivered for beverly hills cop right so, and who at some point I, yeah <laughs> I, I always you know it's oh Cobra, a.k.a. Beverly Hills Cop. Sylvester Stallone's Beverly Hills Cop. But this time around, about halfway through Cobra, it hit me. So we have Andy Robinson and Rennie Santoni, both of whom were in Dirty Harry. Oh, yeah. This Cobra feels more like a, a retread of Dirty Harry. And whether that's a conscious decision or not, I, I don't know if there's any documentation of that. I think it's it's no accident that Andy Robinson and Rennie Santoni are in both of those movies. I think it was yeah. very on purpose that whoever, Stallone or the casting director, whoever said, we need these two guys from Dirty Harry because this feels like a Dirty Harry movie. Yes, it really does, actually. Uh, and... Kind of, kind of in the same vein we were talking about, like the whole Beverly Hills Cop thing. Okay, this is a little confusing. It's been confusing me in the past. So, okay, so Stallone was working on Beverly Hills Cop, but then basically the script he came out with was like, we're not going to make this. It's too expensive. It's too action heavy. And then he left that 
and it got like completely reworked with Eddie Murphy, right? So it's like the name is the same, but like nothing else. And then Stallone makes this, and then isn't all Beverly Hills Cop too? Isn't there a Cobra poster in the background? Or is it the first Beverly Hills Cop? Like at some point, I feel like Eddie Murphy uh, makes a joke about it. Second one. Okay, I feel like there's something where he like makes a joke, like does his like laugh at the poster, but it's something. Right. That, and then Cobra is based off a novel called Fair Play but like very loosely based off that novel. <laughs> like does that movie also get remade or done later on with like Cindy Crawford and one of the Baldwin brothers? <laughs> oh, that movie. Interesting. I didn't know about that. I think uh, it's the same source material, but I, uh, I may be wrong. Huh. Is it called fair play? Hang on. <laughs> Very confusing lineage of Cobra. Like it's it's like yes, it is. Um oh it's called Fair Game. Okay. Fair game. There we go. My bad. Uh <laughs> yeah, which fair... yeah, okay. Billy, Billy Baldwin, yeah. Yeah, okay. Really <laughs> Fletcher, interesting. Brit- mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so Stallone and um I had written uh, an extensive neon badges at, at this movie about Beverly Hills Cop 3. And uh, it, it is fascinating to think about Beverly Hills Cop, but with Sylvester Stallone. And like you said, it, it was not, it was a completely different thing. Yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop went through so many different writers. Uh, Stephen E. D'Souza, I think, delivered the first. Uh, they ultimately landed uh, Dan Daniel Petrie Jr. Um, I think did kind of the final pass on on uh, Beverly Hills Cop, but yeah, Stallone was in there, and uh, having not done that sort of research for Cobra, um, I always just thought Stallone was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go make this on my own," and just took what he took, you know, to a. Uh, um, uh simpson and bruckheimer and took that back and made cobra which two fucking awesome movies <laughs> i know we get two movies i really like for you know out of right? what could have been one that would i yeah again very different movie his beverly hills cop but i don't know what that would have been so i'm glad we got like eddie murphy's beverly hills cop and stallone's cobra which like <clears throat> that fits where Stallone's at at that point, I think he's like that's a very '86 Stallone, the Cobra. Like, um, and also I did clarify. So the book was called A Running Duck, which <laughs> that was the Cobra movie, and then okay. Fair Game with Cindy Crawford and Billy Baldwin, or William Baldwin. If I would <laughs> say if he wants to be more mature, William Baldwin is the same <laughs> book, but it sounds like it's much more true to the novel than Cobra. Oh, <laughs> so, um. Very weird all over the place with Cobra. But um, so, yeah, I mean, the Cobra, it's like it's funny because Cobra's like the awesome opening, kind of the setup with Bridget Nielsen in the, the middle, a awesome car chase, hideout for a while, attack sequence, another great car chase, end of the movie. That's the movie. <laughs> like it's 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 very like I was like, there is not much to Cobra. It is like strip every in- ounce of fat off the bone. Oh, yeah. Although Very they do, they hang out longer than I remembered, like just him and Brigitte Nielsen and um, the two other cops, uh, yeah. the one who's working for the cult, that woman. Um, they hang out longer than I remembered. And I then I was thinking, oh, my God, this kind of feels like 
it's taking the structure of Terminator because it's like <laughs> we go on a car chase, we hang out at a hotel in the middle of kind of outskirts California for a while, and then we go into a big factory. Then the smelting factory is in two, but there is a factory in Terminator One. But like, I was like, this weirdly feels like Terminator. <laughs> like, um, also, sorry, the car chases are great oh, car good. chases. They're you so know, good. I, I think they make uh, <laughs> such great use out of those, you know, the the tiny tiny bridges of you know the yes. Venice Canal, right? <laughs> like you would not expect a car chase over those and someone's like fuck yes we're doing a car chase over these tiny bridges <laughs> i don't care if we're going to destroy them uh, <laughs> i'm yeah, sylvester stallone i can do whatever i want it's such a great car chase i think it um it's not as good as the opening car chase in beverly hills cup oh yeah but it's still pretty darn good now here's the shocking thing to me his mercury of course is like this uh like one of the famous maybe it's not one of the famous cars it to me it's one of the famous cars. <laughs> I don't to know. us it's one of the famous it's movie fucking cars. awesome it's such a cool car mm-hmm. and like i i feel like it the movie doesn't really make a point of of like having the car be a part of his or maybe it does a little bit i don't know um the car is a little bit tied up in who cobra is Right. The car is part of Cobra a right. little. But then like they do away with it like halfway through the movie, which to me is. Again, <laughs> as as little of a gun guy as I am, I'm that much of a car guy. I could give a shit about cars. I <laughs> Same just here. Ooh, cool car. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I see a cool uh, car and I'm like, cool car. Like, that's yeah, a cool exactly. car. Yeah. I, I see a gun in a movie. I'm like, ooh, gun, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like the car is super fucking cool, but like they destroy it like halfway through. And what do they replace it with? Some piece of shit like beater Dodge pickup truck, <laughs> uh, which is hysterical to me because like this car was sort of part of his personality and now it's gone. And then the only mention of it at the end is, you know, anything you need, Cobra. Oh, just yeah. It's like, well, I'd like to get a new car. And that's it. And then he writes off. <laughs> I was happy they didn't address the loss of the car. At least they're like exactly they like, like how could you not? But I thought it'd be like some you know a bigger like oh my car yeah like nothing <laughs> again. It's like they trim off every single thing, whether we need it or not. You know, there was probably a five minute scene where he openly wept for the death of his car, and they had to cut it. He fell to his knees. It was like no. Nah. <laughs> uh i mean yeah they just i, I think yeah it's like give me the car uh and then i that car chase is great even the follow-up like there's a shootout in front of the hotel and then they go on another chase and then they're at the yeah. end oh of the so factory. good in you know i'm glad they used the they they used the pickup truck they did use it uh, well they used the truck well <laughs> that you know it, the fuck it you know it's one of the famous pictures of stallone and memed a million times now in the back with the you know, with the Uzi or whatever he's shooting. Uh-huh. Um, but th- this car chase has one of the all-time great stunts. And towards the beginning of the car chase, where she, I don't know if she, if the guy's on a, a motorcycle or not, um, or maybe it's the guy he jumps in. Yeah, he jumps in the bat in the bed, and then Stallone throws him over the windshield, and then the truck drives oh, over. Yeah. It's obviously a dummy they showed being driven over, but then they cut to 
behind the truck and watch the guy, a real stuntman rolling. And then if you watch one of the fucking motorcycles in the back runs over this dude. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, you know, in Mad Max, that, that stunt of the motorcycle, like smashing into that dude's head. Yeah. Like I want the story behind this. Like this stuntman is driven (laughs) over by this motorcycle. So it's, like it's a little shocking. It's like, holy shit! I hope that guy's okay. <laughs> Please don't be dead. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's some great stunt work and like and the car chases. I mean, I I'm not gonna harp on this too long because I harp on it all the time with older movies. But I so Cobra, not the greatest movie. I do love it, but like one thing it has going for it, as you mentioned, it looks really good and su- stuff is done practically. Like real things blow up. Real guys do real stunts. Like some really good stunt work i mean i like and some real shit getting destroyed which i really love i god i do love it has the trope too of like this really takes to extreme too with like during the car the first car chase someone shoots like one bullet at like a tanker and it just it fucking explodes (laughs) he's like and then just you know which i'm still mad like i know years ago i watched like mythbusters and they they busted that whole thing why like not in the realm of possibility (laughs) you can't do that i'm like no that'll ruin like every action we ever you tell me that like you can't (laughs) shoot the gas tank of something it'll blow up but i mean i just laugh because it's like literally i take one or two shots out of a pistol and it's like oil tank truck just blows up like but hey god bless them they blew it up they, they really blew that thing up so um that's the kind of stuff that elevates these movies for me where i'm like you know this is so great to refreshing to go back and watch like just tangible things happening on the yeah. on screen and uh god i listen and the ending i know I feel we've kind of that to me is as good as the opening almost really like some great stallone lines in there uh i love <laughs> This is not something I would love in real life, but to light a criminal, burn a criminal alive on like he just yeah. and he says, You have the right to remain silent, and then throws the matches on him and the guy bursts into flames. Like that's like that's his one kiss off line is like you have the right to remain silent. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, did he did I miss the line where he said, You gotta read my rights? I I right. like right. exactly. He, I just love that's like his like uh and then I, it's funny because I was thinking this time. It's Brian Robinson, right? Is uh, Brian Thompson. Brian Thompson. Okay, Brian Thompson. Sorry. Um, where he has a great look. Like, he doesn't talk much in the movie. Like, he talks the most at the end. Like, I really was like, wow, he has, like, no lines. Right. <laughs> Me and my friend, this is when I think I watched this with a friend years ago, like, in high school. We were, like, obsessed with the ending of Cobra because of Brian Thompson doing his, like, crazy line readings. And he's just like, I want your eyes, pig. I want your eyes. <laughs> Okay, so I think Brian John, uh, Johnson, Jesus Christ, Thompson, I think uh, Sam Smith is one of the all-time great 80s cop villains because he is so scary looking, but his voice, like you would not expect that voice to come out of that. I mean, it, it doesn't even sound human. It sounds altered. It does sound altered, yeah. Right? Like like they they deepened it, but... That's his real fucking voice. It is so menacing. It is so scary. This guy is terrifying. Okay, two things about uh, Brian Thompson. Um, I guess about the character. Uh, that The knife he has, again, like I'm not a knife guy. The cool knife. <laughs> it's fucking cool, man. It's super cool. It's really cool. 
but and it looks really sharp and really dangerous yeah like pointy <laughs> and sharp and he keeps this thing like unsheathed just in the back of his like pants willy-nilly just floating around but like he's got to be sh- like shaving skin off back there <laughs> god damn the thing is so <laughs> and and then it's got the the pokey things on the handle it's got to be really uncomfortable to hold in the back of your jeans there um and then uh <laughs> the thing is uh i can never remember the that woman's name who's part of the cult with him um, who's also a cop or tends to be a cop yeah um lee garlington nancy stalk no oh that's not well, it might be yeah, i don't think it's lee garlington maybe it is she looks very different now she does look very different <laughs> if that's her anyways uh who she she's like they saw you you have to you know disguise yourself and his only disguise well he starts he just dyes his hair like from brown to black (laughs) not not like a sandy blonde like like a dark brown to black it's like fuck you look exactly the same (laughs) and then and then he does the whole clark kent thing and like kills somebody for for their glasses and it's like oh my god but again like he's completely fucking obsessed and like lost his shit over this one woman who might have like she obviously would not recognize him because right. we please sketch it it's so funny <laughs> so funny the, uh, god he i mean yeah so he doesn't do much the whole movie but then he comes in so hot at the end with the you know what your eyes pig what your eyes and then was it talk about the new world again i think what is he saying like it's like you won't see the new world <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I I love over the top it is, and then they have this great little fight, and uh, and then Stallone just like hardcore murders him, <laughs> like puts him on a freaking meat hook and sends him through some fire, and it's like, oh that guy's dead, dead. Okay, we we did Super it. Uh, yeah. Justice was served. Um, oh that, oh the whole thing about that's where I was okay. So the whole thing with Brian Thompson standing there and kind of like taunting Stallone and being like, you gotta take me in, pig. You got, oh, you yeah. got, you got, a, you got rules, pig. And then I also was like, because Stallone's shot like thirty people up to this point in his game. <laughs> like he's already shot many, many. I guess the idea is that he's like not, he's re- not resisting. So you have to take him in is like his his point. He's right. like, I'm gonna give up, and you gotta take me in. And then Stallone's still gonna kill him. But I just thought it was funny where he's like, you got rules, pig. You gotta, you gotta take me in. I'm like, I don't think he does. He's killed a lot of people before this. He could easily say. You tried to murder him with that giant knife of yours. Like, um, I thought it was a weird way to taunt him. I'm like, you don't think he's going to just like kill you at this point? <laughs> like, yeah. All of a sudden, laugh. all of a sudden, like Cobra has morals. Get out of here. Yeah. You don't think he's, you think he's going to stop murdering now? He's on a real good streak. <laughs> he's like, killed uh, more people than you have. Fucking crazy guy. True. That's true. I think he has. <laughs> <laughs> so if I think too, it's like, yeah, he's killed. I mean, they're all bad guys, but it's still just, he's probably killed like, 30 to 40 people on the way well, here. I don't... Well, it's so funny. Like, I can't remember. Oh, what is it? It's uh the news report when they when after he snips the tip off his pizza and he's <laughs> cleaning his gun while watching the news, and the news reporter, like, the night stalker has struck again. Like, uh the the latest serial killer has killed his like 17th victim in the last like week or two weeks. And it's like right. No serial killer in the history of serial killers 
have had that sort of ratio. Like right. it has been spread way out, not working, 17 in a week. He's working fast. Oh, they are a cult. They're working. There's multiple arms. Like, right. Like it's not just him. Cause he go he goes well, and kills people with other people. So it's, it's a group true. effort. Yeah, it's no, a group so. effort. It, it takes teamwork, a lot of people. Teamwork, teamwork you know, makes yeah. the dream work. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they're, they're busy. They're really busy. They're just killing a lot of people. Um, so it's that kind of thing too, where it's like, in the movie, there's no question that they've killed these people. We know they've killed these people. So at that point, I'm like, yeah, you, you, you kill them alone. It's fine. Like they, we yeah, know what they've done. Course, like, yeah. Uh, and yeah, God, he just, oh man. Yeah, I, I wonder if, like, it's an odd choice. Like, are the filmmakers trying to like make the audience second guess? Like, oh, is he gonna like try to take him in? Like, no. Like the first time I saw this, I was like. No, he's going to fucking blow him away. Right. There's like, been a lot. Yeah. There are a few movies like that where the bad guy almost tries to, I think, kind of give up or beg for mercy. And they almost want you to think like, oh, the hero's going to spare this guy. But we, we know he's not going to do right. that. Yeah. This is <laughs> like, like the not... worst. This is the worst red herring in, in the world. Or right. there's been times I feel like they, they do let the bad guy almost give up. But then somehow he goes back to shoot the, the guy. And then he has to kill him. Like the whole trope of like. Right. Well, you that's know. what I was like. But at this point in this movie in particular, like because we've seen that a lot, right? The like morals come into play for a brief instant. There was <laughs> no time when I was watching this thinking, oh, Cobra is like Marion Cobretti is going to be like, OK, you're right. The Night Stalker. No, <laughs> from the very beginning. Ah, uh, you know what, Mr. Night Stalker? You're right. I've had a change of heart, and I'm going to go through yeah. the justice system. I'm going to go through the proper legal channels to get you in. Like, no, not going to happen <laughs> at this point. Um, has Mr. anyone ever analyzed Cobra as much as we have, Matt? Does this I movie mean, deserve this so much? Uh, this this much? I in- think it does. Because I mean, well, listen, I've made fun of it. It's highly entertaining. I've watched it so entertaining. A lot. I don't know. A lot of times uh, over the years, and I. Don't get tired of it. It it really it moves super well. Again, I would love to see the two hour cut, but the way it's cut right now, it's like boom, 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 boom. Um, we learn nothing about the cult, but it's okay. <laughs> like okay. it's fine. Um, the way it's paced now, I really enjoy it. It's just a really fun eighties action movie. Um, and I'm glad. You know, it's funny. Like they talk about all these like brutal murders the cult is doing, but you don't really see hardly any of it. You don't. It's not like you don't see them go into a house like murder a family or anything, which no. I think helps keep it like more fun. And also I could have sworn, I guess I've been a few years since that more people died in the grocery store opening, but they don't show a lot of people get killed. They show the one guy who's running away. get killed that's, very dramatically. That's, uh, and, well, and, and I dramatically and I like over dramatically, but also <laughs> I think kind of brutally, like it's, yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine there's an X-rated, cut for violence of cobra somewhere but uh because some of the stuff that's in there is pretty violent but yeah i could have sworn like the guy goes in there and starts like just blasting everybody in the supermarket but he does a lot of like running around and pointing at people and saying get on the ground get and i was like oh i thought you started like blasting people which does honestly probably make me more and more uncomfortable as i get older and the world gets i hear more about that in the news and i'm like ooh, i don't really like watching like a bad guy go into a theater or a movie, a grocery store and start blasting people. That's like a little too 
it's like yeah it's a little too much but he yeah he doesn't really do that like or they skip yeah, over he, it and there's like well he, yeah he i mean he got like the first shot he when he like you know he's like everybody listen up he shoots like the produce some vegetables right? Yeah. yeah, I thought he showed, shot like an old woman, but he shoots <laughs> right next to her and blows up some vegetables. Right. And I'm like, oh, he means business. Like, oh, I like how he he pulls in and parks in a handicap spot. I'm like, oh, you know, he's a bad guy. He's parking in the handicap spot. He's not. He doesn't need that. He um, doesn't care. No, he doesn't care about anything. He <laughs> doesn't play time. by anybody's rules. <laughs> Just like Cobra. <laughs> You're yeah, going to need Cobra to beat these people because nobody plays by any rules. Um yeah, this I was like Cobra just gets to the essence of what I want in a lot of movies, which is like a he the whole like hero doesn't play by the rules. And I love when the captain or somebody's like, You're out of line, you're but you like, you know, you get the job done, but all that kind of trope and they finally unleash him because they're they're like, you know what? We've tried all the other stuff, we can't do it, you gotta go and do your thing and over the top bad guys and like one liners when they kill people, they don't even make sense barely when it's like <laughs> you write your main well, silent. <laughs> like I, that's what I also appreciate about Cobra is is that it's not overpopulated with one-liners. There's only a oh, few. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. not many. It's yeah. Stallone's too serious for that. I think, like for the most part. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, not like not... Commando from the year before. But I oh, love God. Commando. He's just he's dead tired. Let off some steam, Bennett. I mean, my God, there's it's, <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, '80s action movies just really hit a sweet spot. They're 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 just my my chicken noodle soup of the soul or whatever. Yeah, Cobra's great. Great Christmas movie. Is I meant to ask you, wait, I forgot. Is there like any overt Christmas besides the grocery store opening? No. <laughs> okay. I just I, I thought it was funny because we joked about doing something very like out of the box, tangentially Christmas. And I was like, oh, this is like even less Christmas than I remembered it being. Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. yeah but uh Christmas though. It's still Christmas. Yeah, I, it still counts. I've I've got a I've got a letterbox list called Sneaky Christmas that it's like, you know, and there's a million lists out there like that. Uh, but you know, Christmas movies that aren't really Christmas movies. Right. This and, is very sneaky Christmas. It's like barely sneaks it in. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't even need to be Christmas. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't. Yeah, it's weird that it is set at Christmas, but it, you know, it, it's like, wait, did Shane Black do a pass at the script here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he just wrote that part and left he's like he started like setting at christmas and that's all he got done <laughs> and then that would make more sense actually because they i mean like they don't even like there's no mention of the time of year like uh yeah vocally or I don't anything think, yeah i thought maybe I mean, there was well, a there, line. there is i mean i guess there there's the toys r us commercial before the news after he right tweeted. yeah and i thought there was some line about like somebody says something like I paraphrase. I thought like, isn't it terrible this happening at Christmas? Or I don't know. Like it was like something bad about like, oh, there's murders around Christmas and that terrible. But that's about that's yeah. it. Like it's like it's so if you really are tired of Christmas movies, but you still want just the faintest hint of Christmas, Cobra. Oh, that's Cobra. that's the cure. Cobra oh, yeah. <laughs> If if you think Christmas movies are diseased, Cobra is the cure. Uh, for your Christmas movie blues. Uh, that's God. That's a great line. I need that poster on my wall. I need the Cobra poster up with that tagline of "Crime is a disease and he's the cure." Because that is such a cool poster. Chef's chef. It's a great poster. Chef's oh. kiss. That whole thing. Um, a gun. Love uh, it. A gun again. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, not no, a, a gun. gun. A gun. I'm not a gun person. 
Uh, but that's a cool looking gun in the poster. I'm like, wow, what is it? It is a cool looking gun. If you want to make any gun 50% cooler, stick a laser sight on it. That's all, and, or a scope or a laser sight that you probably and don't I even love. Need. I love that on the poster, it looks like the gun is shooting and just up into the air, like nonchalant. <laughs> whatever. You just fire, right. like, whatever. I'm Cobra. <laughs> Ready? Take a picture. <laughs> oh, I think it's, I think it's just the laser sight. Oh, is that a laser sight? Yeah, he has the laser sight. Why is the gun. laser sight so fucking big? Yeah, that's like, yeah, it's huge. Good I don't God, know. Man. It seems cumbersome for whatever this gun is. And then he's got the he's got his he's got his pistol tucked into his uh, right at his crotch. He's gonna blow his junk off. Blow his dick off. And then he's got two grenades. grenades I didn't even notice. I never zoomed into the grenade. Yeah, definitely need this poster. Yeah, I, this is great. This is my sensibilities in one poster. <laughs> Put this next to the last section hero on the wall. I gotta think Schwarzenegger was taking the piss out of a little bit with that one. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's interesting. I like that. You yeah. should rewatch Last Action Hero. I will. <laughs> you should really do that at some point. Um maybe after the new year, you you know, start fresh. Start with Last Action Hero. That'd be my first, yeah. Good. It's a good first movie. There you go. There you go. Uh anything else you want to say about Cobra? <laughs> uh no, it's it's man, it's great. I think, you know, Matt. You gave it the lowest rating it deserves, four stars. I gave it four and a half stars. Okay. Anyone yeah. below four stars is absolutely insane. <laughs> I almost went four and a half, but I was like, this has problems that I... <laughs> I listen, this is not a perfect movie, but it is a perfect movie. Uh, yes. You know, it, it's, it's perfectly it, it's like imperfect a, movie. It's like a four-star perfect movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I couldn't give it four and a half because everybody was like, you gave it the same rating as Jaws, and then I would get more heat, probably. <laughs> like, well, I mean, you know. Oh, all right. If if given, <laughs> I, I guess it, it just has to be what what time of year? You right. know, if, if it's, it's the middle of the summer, I'm watching Jaws, you probably want Jaws in the summer. If it's Christmas Day, I'm gathering the Cobra. family around to watch Cobra. <laughs> There's no nudity in it. And like God, That's I've true. shown my boys just horrifically violent things. I've you shown your kids RoboCop, right? No. Oh, I. Th <laughs> You're like Matt. No, you. Monster. There's boobs in RoboCop. I haven't shown them RoboCop. No, when we watch Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah, at the locker room scene. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in, so brief. In, yeah, it's so brief. Well, in Die Hard, you know. He's, oh, the poster. Like, but it's just a poster, and my. My Eben, who's 11 years old, like he's pretty good. He's like, oh, cover your eyes. <laughs> and but Rowan, who's six, I mean, he's just like, ah, oh, <laughs> and maybe like, yeah. he's like a Tex Avery cartoon. He's like, <laughs> dog, like his eyes poke <laughs> the out. eyes bulge out, the tongue rolls out. It's I mean, talk about like the the briefest. Uh, subtlest nudity in like an R-rated movie. I feel like it's just that quick poster that he touches. I remember on TV they would just blur it out. It was so easy to like. Yeah, Die Hard was a great movie for TV. Besides, Jiffy K motherfucker became yo. What it's like yo, Mister Falcon or something. Weird. Yeah, it's like it's something really ridiculous. A yeah. pretty easy movie to censor though for being rated R. But uh, okay, no Robocop. Okay, that's too hardcore. You should show the kids Cobra though. There's no boobs. Cobra. Yeah, there's no nudity. God, it, isn't that so funny? I was talking to somebody overseas <laughs> yeah they're they very like, different yeah. yeah they're like oh it's so funny that americans will show their kids the most violent things but god forbid there's nudity whereas right. over here you know fuck benny hill was on network television and he's chasing around naked chicks right <laughs> uh 
and but they don't show you know the kids would never watch violent stuff like that so cobra's perfect for the king boys right it's just violence there's no nudity don't worry <laughs> no boobs i always worry, think man. it's it's just such an american thing because we're so like puritanical and just i mean like there's so much violence in like the bible but there's not a lot of sex or nudity there obviously right. the books you can't see nudity but you know what i mean it's like it's, oh i have the descriptive bible oh, where they you have the, the picture the nipples bible. and the pubic hair and everything yeah. <laughs> that's good um yeah we just are very it's pretty so hot. it's a pretty from... hot bible yeah <laughs> the hot <laughs> bible uh we're so flip-flop of europe it's so interesting like they will ban stuff that's like violent and we'll ban yeah. stuff where if you see like god forbid you see anyone's like genitals at all it's like oh it's a oh hard r or maybe an x rating but like robocop is like one of the most violent things and to be fair it almost got an x for violence but it is still in the r version one of the most violent things i've ever yeah. seen in my life and that's okay over here but god and that was always the rule like every kid i knew was like i feel like nobody really put a foot down on violence but it was like nudity and sex was like no like that's it's, which yeah. is funny because that's more of i mean depending on how you're doing it, a natural thing than yeah. watching people get blown up <laughs> like yeah. you know it's just it's very funny but yeah um yeah well cobra like cobra isn't even like like graphically violent either like there's i mean i don't recall any like big blood splatters or anything some of right? the, i know yeah i don't think some of the murders are kind of like frightening at the beginning like it's like i was thinking it's kind of like weirdly horror tinged like with the cult well, of uh, killing people. yeah it's an interesting title for scream for scream factory to put out but it, you know, I I think it fits. Yeah, it's it's like on the fringes of that too. Being the fringes of Christmas, the fringes. It's very lightly, like horror tinge, but like the murders. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people get shot. I mean, if you a man being engulfed in flames, that's fine. And then like, and then See, well, the the thing like, what what I do with my boys is like, you know, a lot of times we'll talk about how they did this, and like, I think people on fire is really cool because yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, of course, it's all digital now, but like, you know, dudes in fire suits, it's fucking awesome. And like this one, like a dude suspended in air in a fire suit is really awesome. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like multiple yeah. people burn in this movie. That's true. I, I guess it's also you could kind of explain to your kids like how an effect or a stunt is done. It might be cool. Like, you know how they did that? Like cut that, pretend to cut the guy's head off or lit right. him on fire. Like, you know, so. I, it, nudity is like that's just nudity that's just like somebody got naked and there they are uh, you know how they did that i just ripped her shirt off took their clothes <laughs> and there they are um yeah i don't know it's uh t yeah the violence thing to me is like well it's all not real you know for the, like it's just all so it's not yeah I don't know, it's never been a big deal to me but it is it could be traumatizing for a child <laughs> like yeah. i was more fucked up by terminator 2 not the most graphic violent movie but the part in t2 when the T-1000 is at John Connor's house with or his foster parents' house and she's put like the metal finger through oh, the yeah. dad. Oh, and yeah. that part like did traumatize me as a kid. I remember it, I couldn't even look at it. I was at a, I'd seen it before and that's when it fucked me up. And I was at a friend's house down the road at some point and like years later, or maybe months later, years later. And that part I knew was coming. So I like ran off to the bathroom to not see it again. <laughs> so like, even the little stuff can, yeah. you never know what's going to really scar you. The part of Robocop no, you, 2. you don't. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure my boys have, you know, just wait till I show them New York Ripper. <laughs> Dad, I'm scared of ducks now. Well, quack, I, quack. Eb, Eben did. Yeah, God. Eben did. He watched City of the Living Dead with me. Oh, my God. 
very violent. <laughs> also one of those violent things I've ever seen. Um, yeah. And I mean, he was like, he was like this the whole time. Like, like he, he had a blanket and he was burying his head a lot of the time. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think dad fucked up on this one. Might have been was, a little. A that's little pretty bit. hardcore. That's too, almost too hardcore for me. I was like, I watched <laughs> that movie and I was like, Jesus, this is a lot. Like, it was hard to look at. But cool yeah, movie. that was one of those where I was constantly talking. Oh, you know how they did that? Oh, they, you know, it's all pretend. And, you know, it's it's, it's, all fake. it's, it's, all it's fake. animal. It's, it's She's not really puking up her guts. It's, you know, pig's liver and sheep. <laughs> which is still it's gross never, in its own right. It's, it's still, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, at least. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You show, you show these kids Cobra. The next day you might hear Evan come out of the room going, I want your eyes, dad. I want your eyes. <laughs> I mean, I listen when Rowan woke up the next day and he's like, Dad, can we play Die Hard? Like, I would be so proud if the next day one of them came out of their rooms and said, Dad, can we play Cobra? Yeah. <laughs> I'll put like, you Hell on yeah, we can hook. play Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we can. Oh, oh God, that's still funny. Oh, um, right, right, who's well, the cure well, and who's the disease, boys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably going to want to be cobra i mean he's pretty well, cool I mean, who doesn't yeah yeah you might have to play the bad guy this one <laughs> so and you got to run around screaming i want your eyes <laughs> he he's terrifying looking i just can't get over i was looking at this man I'm like this man where'd they find this guy because yeah. yeah i he's something else but uh uh well this was a very fun time anthony <laughs> thank you for coming on. So, yeah that's what's um, yeah cobra is a very fun movie so i just yeah i really want to talk to you especially after like i know you announced called movies ending we're a lot of people we're listen i'm bummed but i understand we talked a lot about hockey before we started recording that's where you're spending your time now with your kids and it's it's very good but i just was like i gotta talk to anthony again get some movie talk going with him because yeah i will well, miss you yeah, podcasting I, weekly i i mean i hope i yeah i i'm uh happy not to be doing a weekly show but i still love podcasting um you know i did unsung horrors and i did f this movie recently and i'm doing a the cult worthy wrap-up show here uh in the next week so I, I you know i hope people don't forget me even though i don't have a <laughs> weekly show i still like podcasting i still like talking about movies <laughs> still invite anthony on your shows people yeah. <laughs> well i'll still invite you on oh good thanks <laughs> thank you keep, keep you keep you uh your name in the rotation like anthony come on i I will try to give you like really elaborate projects though i know you're busy like one movie type of show <laughs> so yeah wanna... i mean you, you know whatever i like yeah like yesterday i was like what am i gonna watch tonight because i on a weekend night and i thought oh i get to watch cobra so i like homework okay. yeah yeah <laughs> I like maybe not too, the, but... the, the movie what did we start doing? oh we did yeah i thought it was the other day we did that movie swap thing oh that was which, a lot which was a lot of work because it was like we gave each other three movies we had to pair the movies and then I guess we didn't have to watch the movies we gave the other person. <laughs> but then it was like the system of finding what you're going to pair it with. And it was like, so at minimum, you're watching like six movies and then yeah, that, maybe that was more. It might be fun to do just one movie each. Say, Matt, you watch this. Anthony, you watch oh, this. Find a parent. Yes. That'd be so much easier than saying, here's 77 <laughs> movies you need to watch in the next four days. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Godspeed. Uh, yeah, that's true. Maybe one one of a person would be interesting too yeah. so uh we'll think of something i'll I'll keep inviting you back on don't worry don't you worry <laughs> yes. i'll tell the people get anthony on this show <clears throat> sorry my uh cough is this i, I mentioned before my post post covid cough from three months ago now has still not gone away oh. uh and seems to get it worse at night for some reason so i'm yep. getting to that point now at night where i'm like I'm coughing more so we should probably definitely wrap 
All right. So, um, but yeah, Anthony, thank you. Uh, you can tell people where to follow you or any other shows you've been on or going to be on soon. Uh, let's see here. Uh, check out the the latest Unsung Horrors podcast. I was on. Uh, we do our Discoveries episode every year with them. Um, around the first of the year, check out Antonio's show, uh, The Cult Worthy podcast, and we'll do a, a Discovery show on that. And then um, every week at fthismovie.com, every Friday, uh, you can check myself. I'm going to be writing about probably discoveries and lists for the next few weeks. Uh, so that'd be fun. And then, you know, uh, all the socials, I'm still sort of, I mean, I'm most, I'm more active on Instagram any more oh, than, yeah. Uh, yeah. than Twitter. So all the places at AK Donnelly, that's A-K-D-O-N-E-L-L-Y. <laughs> very nicely sung there a little bit i feel like it's a nice <laughs> lyrical quality of that um yes everyone should be following you and i have that unsung horrors downloaded with you and Lindsay, but i've not listened to it yet i'm very excited because i love a discoveries episode and i love hearing you two talk about stuff and uh i'm very curious what came up so um looking forward to that and for our stuff next week will be christmas on monday so not putting an episode out and probably gonna skip that week uh, but should have an episode out the next week. It won't be on like because New Year's Day is a Monday. We should have, so I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna put it out on January second, so the Tuesday. Uh, it should be me and Ken Walker coming back to the show. It's oh. been quite a while. I don't think Ken's oh. been on since January of 2023. So he'll make his return in January 2024. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, I told. I guess Ken's new gimmick is to pop up in the new year and then you know disappear again <laughs> but um and then it should be our me and hayden and mark doing our top 10 of 2023 episode which i'm looking forward to although i'm in i'm now i'm in the mad scramble mode to try and watch as many 2023 movies as possible and i'm having i already having a very hard time i this is the hardest i'll talk about this this is the hardest year i can remember having to try and rank a top 10 of 2023 and put movies on the list like i'm constantly like pulling stuff off the list shuffling the list around lots of good stuff it's okay it's weird so this year to me up until like september october felt like a very weak year and then which i mean happens sometimes like the years are backloaded with good movies you know for award season but this year felt very empty up to i was like i'm i'm like i could barely make a top 10 and then it became like a lot of stuff but the, the other issue is like a lot of the stuff has been good but it's they're all kind of competing around the same level. I've got like a bunch of movies that are like right in the same to me, like the quality levels, like all equal. And I don't know how to like pick oh, this God. one over that one. So it's more of like a fight. It's above mediocrity. I'll say that it's like how many of these pretty good movies will make my top 10. Like last year, I had like a a top five or six. I thought these are like great movies i love these like these are going to be like ones i rewatch. and this year it's probably like the top one two three maybe whop and, and the, everything else is kind of like these are good but i don't know it's just a lot of indecision on my part, a lot of indecisiveness it's a very interesting year like i don't think it's a bad year anymore but it's not blowing me away like last year i think we were very spoiled last year on movies and uh yeah so this year there's a lot of stuff competing around the same space i don't know but there's still stuff i haven't seen like the holdovers Anthony, I talked about uh, either before or after we started recording. I don't remember what <laughs> probably probably before the mics were on, but uh, uh, I got to see the holdovers. I got to see. I mean, there's still stuff coming out like next couple weeks, so 
<sighs> I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. I do it to myself. I don't need to stress as much over it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a weird top ten for me too. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. So well, I'm excited um, to hear. Those are always uh, fun episodes for me, so I can you know uh, make sure I add stuff to my watch list and because I uh trust your opinion i respect your opinion oh Matt. well thank you thank you <laughs> those other guys i don't but you're <laughs> like <laughs> i can't trust Aiden and mark but i trust you i i think we have fairly similar tastes most of the time some stuff we wildly disagree on like everything ever all at once never forget yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey you know what that's everyone can't have the same opinion it'd be we'd be it'd be boring if we did so uh stay tuned for that that's i talked a lot about that i didn't mean to but uh anyway you can follow the podcast on twitter film feast pod follow me on twitter at maple 87 me and the podcast on instagram at film feast um and that's it and we will see you everybody in two weeks have a great holiday a great christmas uh whatever you celebrate hopefully you enjoy some time off from work and maybe watch cobra if you have time (laughs) so All right. Bye, everybody.